Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Tuesday and the Wise Guys are back. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler. It is not just a regular Tuesday. It is one of the most significant Tuesdays in the history of BYU sports we call uh, big, as the Big 12. Big 12 Tuesday? Is that what we're going to call it? We should call it Big 12 Tuesday. I mean, we, we felt like um, BYU, as soon as the football season ended and the bowl game was over, which they won, that it was, that it was kind of transition time into the Big 12. Yeah. But I feel like when the schedules come out, that it's for real Big 12 Tuesday, right? We can now, now we can talk about it. We've been waiting a long, long time. Yeah. And, uh, and folks have had time to think about it all day long because the, the Big 12 released it at noon mountain time. So everyone's formulated some opinions, and, uh, and we're going to dive into it in just a couple of seconds. So tonight we roll through the schedule, and then David Nixon, our BYU TV football analyst and colleague, will be along a bit later on. And you we'll already, get his you already take did on a it. whole show on this. Today. We already did a whole show, so yeah. we got a lot of ideas doing, kicking around. I just got back from Hawaii late last night. Hopefully I'm not too shiny because I've got a little sun. But um, I know everybody's feeling really bad for me that I had to fly all the way home from No Hawaii. one's feeling bad. Um, Everyone's got hypothermia around I had to do here. some regular work, but we've been doing our research today, and you did a whole show on it. And Hey, how about the fact we got women's hoops in the house tonight? I'm really pumped about this. And that's who Dave and I were waving to over there. We, we've got Lauren, Lauren Gustin and Morgan Bailey are, are joining us. Uh, Lauren, the nation's leading rebounder. And it's not close. No. So, and, and I've said this a couple times already on the show. I did the women's game, oh, I don't know, about a month ago. Um, Kristen had, had a conflict, and so I filled in for her, as she has done for me a couple times on the men's side. And I honestly, we were... A full quarter into the game, and I just thought to myself, is Lauren going to get every single <laughs> rebound in this game, or what is going on? Even as she came in here tonight, she boxed out yeah, Jack, she boxed who's, out Jack, and this is Jack's D- place. DJ went to shake Morgan's hand. She, <laughs> she boxed him off. He couldn't shake Morgan's hand. Then she looked for the so, ball, and there wasn't a ball, yeah. and she realized, I'm at the Wise Guys and, interview tonight. Yeah, and we've got assistant coach Morgan Bailey, who knows a little bit about playing the same position that Lauren yeah. plays and knows about boxing out and rebounding. Actually... I, that if that really happened, I would love to have filmed that to watch Lauren try to box Morgan out to get to handshake with DJ. We'll ask that and would see. That we'll would ask and see how that would go in a game setting. So yeah, because you know they practice and stuff, and I'll bet it's happened. So we'll we get have to the ask Morgan. We, of that. we didn't. We don't even think we're gonna have to ask Morgan if she suits up still sometimes at practice. And remember when you and I used to do the UNLV stuff um stacy ogman was back on the coaching staff with dave rice yeah and we're at practice one day and and stacy not only is participating he threw a two-hand tomahawk dunk right on their starting center's head and i was like oh coach that's tough love yeah, that was like, tough love right that was, there that was a little so lauren and morgan are going to join us here in just a couple of minutes no coach on campus by the way has won more games than softball coach gordon eakin he's ready to start a new season and build on his 765 
victories. And he's going to join us live uh, later in the program tonight. But let's get to what everyone's talking about. Uh, this Big 12 football schedule released today by the conference. Uh, it, didn't, it doesn't matter now that they promised to do it in November and December and at the end of December and earlier this it, What matters now is, is here it is, and let's roll it out for you. September 2nd, Sam Houston in their first year of Division I football and a member of Conference USA, they come to town. That's a non-conference game. Southern Utah the week after non-conference game, and then things get serious. Yeah, then they go to Arkansas. And isn't it interesting, um, in the last couple of years, we would have said, what are they doing playing Sam Houston in Southern Utah? Now we're going, man, why did they schedule Arkansas in the preseason? Like, they need to schedule three games they can win in the preseason because that's a serious game that then kicks them into the next week where they've got to go on the road and play at a much-improved Kansas football team who went 6-7 and seven last year um, and, and uh, up from two wins the previous year. So it, they just jump right into it after a road game at Arkansas, who's got a bunch of guys back. Now, Kansas was in that triple overtime shootout with Arkansas at the Liberty Bowl. Right. Uh, this is a different uh, group of Jayhawks than, than what we've been accustomed to over the years. Uh, this is a challenging opener on the road as a Big 12 conference foe. Uh, and I see a shootout all over this Yeah, and, and you know what? We're not saying that they're the men's basketball Kansas Jayhawks yet. Right, but they're certainly better than the Kansas, where the where you just go, well, that's a win. In fact, there's not a game on this schedule other than Sam Houston and Southern Utah that I go, well, that's just a win for BYU. There's, I, I think that I think they go get a win at Kansas, but I'm not guaranteeing that. No, you can't. I'm not guaranteeing that. And then then they follow that up by getting uh, one of the other new members of the Big Twelve at home. Cincinnati's going to travel out on the 29th and play at BYU on a Friday night. You know what this tells me? This tells me a couple things. One, it's the Big 12 home opener, and that's significant. Two, it's conference weekend, and the Big 12 is respecting BYU's wishes of we want to play on Friday on conference weekend as opposed to you'll play when we say you'll play because we're playing you $45 million. Right. Uh, and, and so out comes uh, the comes. Big 12 home opener on a Friday night conference weekend. How big will that be? I think it's awesome. And, and we're going to get a lot more into this when Dave comes on. But let, Cincinnati's interesting. This is a team that's won nine-plus games for five straight years. Um, so it's a good program. It's, it's not just a good team. It's a good program. But – but they've had some changes in the soft season. We'll talk about that when we get more into it. Another interesting twist to the schedule is uh, the bye week comes October 7th. So BYU will have Cincinnati on a Friday and then Saturday off, a week off, and then another week to get ready for TCU in Fort Worth. How about that? Yeah, and TCU, you know, they got to replace Max Dugan. They're a great quarterback, but they, they're loaded, and they've got so much speed on that team. They're they're coming back after an appearance in the college football national championship. Yeah, they were game. in the championship game. Yeah, they didn't play great against Georgia, but really, who plays great against Georgia? No right, the number one defense in the country. But that'll be great, and that'll renew an old rivalry where BYU used to go down to. Remember when it was Amon G. Carter? I don't know if it's still as Amon G. Carter Stadium. Down it's it's there. all spruced up. They might have yeah. the same name, but it's uh, it's so, a Big Twelve. So BYU's venue now. played there many times in the past, and then they follow that up with a home game against Texas Tech where we know the football's going to be flying all over the field in that one. Yeah, they still have the remnants of Mike Leach and what he established there with, with the Red Raiders and how they do things. But Lloyd Hill will probably be there. He has to be, a, be there conflicted? for that one. That's the father of Keanu Hill. Lloyd's the 
All-American Hall of Fame receiver for Texas Tech. Who's he rooting for? He, he'll be here question. wearing his BYU oh, shirt. he's BYU all And if the way. his uh, brother Roy Williams comes to town, he'll be wearing a BYU shirt <laughs> yes, as well. Yes, he will. Yes, so, he will. So Keanu gets a home game uh, against his dad's old school. Uh, for a kid from Texas, he took a chance on BYU. BYU takes a chance on him. He's really developed into a go-to guy now. And now he gets to kind of he gets to host the Red Raiders. How fun is that? And then he gets to go the next week to his home state and play at Texas in front of 100,000-plus fans uh, against a Texas team that's, you know, under Steve Sarkeesian, who has BYU ties, is really on the upswing. You know, f- finished uh, – um, Eight and last, five. Yeah, last year uh, an improved early projections, like these way too early projections. I see several of these early polls that have Texas winning the league next year. Yeah, yeah, I, and I can see that too. A lot of people think Texas is back. They have some high moments and then some low moments. So here, and then the Twitter thing is, is Texas back? It always pops up there, and we don't know. Well, here's what I want to ask Dave Nixon when he comes on. Does Texas stick with their quarterback that won eight games, uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn Evers? Um or does Arch Manning now get a chance to play the... It's going to be a lot of yeah. pressure on Sark to decide that. The last time BYU was at Texas, we were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 100,000 fans down there. It was like 1,000 degrees. Even Bevo was hardly even walking around. He, he wanted no part of it. Uh, the Cougars won 41-7. to Taysom Hill ran all over them. In the, and the famous leap... He did right in front of us about the 15-yard line and into the end zone. And there was such a weird feeling in Memorial Stadium. I mean, they were getting whooped again by BYU, who beat them the year before. Back-to-back, Taysom Hill taking them out the woodshed and just beating the crap out of them. So we'll ask David Nixon, because Taysom's his brother-in-law, if the Saints have that weekend off, wouldn't Taysom run out the Uh, alumni flag? That that would just scare (laughs) everybody in in the stands. I, the following year, I had a meeting down there, and we actually were up in the press box at Texas, at, there at Texas Stadium, and uh, at Memorial Stadium, and um, we walked down on the field after the meeting. We were walking across, and we we crossed that spot where you and I were standing. I'm like, to my buddy, who was an All American baseball player at Texas in the day, and I said, "Hey, do you remember what happened right here?" And he goes, "Don't even go." <laughs> and I'm like, "What? I don't." I, do you even know what I'm talking about? He goes, I know that th- that's where Taysom Hill jumped over our guy. And it it is like not a pleasant experience. Everybody knows, even the Texas fans, exactly where the hurdle happened, right there where you and I were standing. DJ, let's put that schedule back up. For those on the podcast, we're looking at the schedule. Uh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll kind of talk through it. Uh, and you can find that schedule just about anywhere. But those watching live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and YSGuys.com, at the moment, we're checking it out. November starts. BYU goes to West Virginia. I've been pay, uh, texting back and forth with our friend Doug Paisley. Yes, Brad, Brad Paisley's, Paisley's dad, dad, who we met when we were back there the last time. He sent me a picture of their student section all wearing hard hats, and he says, oh. be advised, we wear hard hats to games back here. I text back, I go, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but uh, that's going to be interesting in, uh, in Morgantown, BYU does, at West Virginia. Does Brad have a... Uh, concert out here again? No, they're not touring this year. Dang. So maybe next year. I said, I hey. I missed out because he told us we could go go get backstage passes, and then you were in you town. You missed out and several out times. Town, and I missed out on the opportunity to go with Brad's dad to a Paisley concert. It was The Paisleys have stunning. BYU shirts, and uh, so they're equipped. Yeah, they, uh, they, they won't they wear them the on that day. They but, know the deal. Uh, I said to him, I said, hey, look, if West Virginia comes out here, you got to come out. Maybe we get Brad to sing the national anthem. Oh, 
Wouldn't that be something? That'd be awesome. Iowa State and Oklahoma back-to-back home games in November. Remember when we couldn't get anybody to come in November, like for 12 years? Yeah, it was so... Here's this. I felt bad for, for Tom Homo, but that's all different. When I look at this November schedule, I'm just going, yeah, this is big-time football right now. Because it goes... Um, November 4th at West Virginia, November 11th, Iowa State at home in LaBelle Edwards. And then how about the 18th number, the, the um, Oklahoma, who's been a top five program for most of the last decade, had a little rebuild last year um, because they the coach left and took 19 players with him. But that's not a program. That hurt. That's not a program that's going to be down for very long. Brett Venables is he had a remarkable re- recruiting class and is about to sign a bunch more. He's got some transfers coming in. Oklahoma's going to be right back up at the top of the league next year. They're coming into Provo on November 18th. How about the Big 12 going, hey, Oklahoma, we wish you the best over there in the SEC. Uh, there's a good chance there's going to be snow in Provo on November 18th, so we're sending yeah, you there. Good luck. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming. And then Oklahoma State in Stillwater on November 25th. That could have championship implications for Oklahoma State Yeah. Uh, as the last game of the regular season, a week ahead of the Big 12 title game in Dallas. And that, it's a phenomenal college football environment down at Oklahoma State. So it's going to be fun. Oklahoma State's interesting. And, and again, we're going to talk more about this with Dave, but – what happened there in the offseason? Their quarterback Everyone transfers left. out. Their top three receivers transferred out. Their top running back transferred out. Their offensive court. It's just like, whoa, what just happened at Oklahoma State? Um, and so I'll be really interested. Um, they don't ever have losing seasons. But they have a head coach that rocks a yeah, haircut got, got, from, oh, uh, from the 70s. Gundy is like, yeah. He's... he's He's all business up front, and there's something going. Is this in a front party in the <laughs> there's back? Something going on in the back. So there it is, the 2023 football schedule for BYU in the Big 12. Uh, BYU TV football analyst David Nixon will join us later in the show, and we'll march through it again, and, and then we'll kind of start to pick which games we think BYU will win. Yeah. It's uh, and, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna pre- say this, and then we'll talk about it more. So I read three different kind of way too early preseason predictions, and all of them have BYU between number 10 and number 12 in the league of 14 teams. Really? I, I think they'll I, be in the middle. I, I think no way. I think I think they're 5, 6, 7 in yeah. the league next year, which would be phenomenal. And I think a, a big reason for that is Keaton Slovis, right. Aiden Robbins, and some of these guys that they've yeah, gotten that, in. That, that they don't know about. So That they don't know about. So there we go. Tomorrow is spring signing day. BYU Sports Nation. Uh, noon Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Head coach Kalani Sataki will be there. Athletic director Tom Holmo will be there. They'll get reaction to the schedule and to the recruiting class. And then once tomorrow's done, then it's the, the preparations for spring football, yep. which is just around the corner. It just starts the beginning of uh, this next month. So, so hey, let's, let's talk a little bit about women's hoops um, uh, before we bring our, our guests on. Um, uh, set their, uh, 12 and 10. Seven and four in the league, eight and two over the last ten games. So yeah. it just seems like you know we had Amber on um, Amber Whiting uh, before the season. She talked about a lot of new faces and that, that we needed to be patient. And that once they figured out their roles, that they would catch fire. And she was really confident they would be good once they got into the middle of the season. And hey, lots of respect for Amber. She called it right. She absolutely called it. That's exactly what we saw. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it. And didn't she say uh, at the time that the key to the whole season was? Was if Lauren was the number one rebounder in the country, and she said if was Lauren that, if Lauren did can, that not come up? She said if Lauren can out rebound <laughs> teams by herself, 
then we've got a really, really good shot. So that's, that's why they seems to be a habit. Lately. They were right in the middle and of the so, fight. So um, last Saturday, Pacific upset BYU. That's a game I expected BYU to win, 79-66. Uh, Nani Falatea had 27 points, which is a career high for her. Um, Lauren had eight points and 17 boards. She surpassed 1,000 career rebounds at BYU, so she's number two all-time behind our old friend Tina Gunn-Robinson, with 1,482 Think about that. career rebounds. BYU's been playing basketball for a long time. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of players come through, and Lauren is second to Tina in rebounds. And, and Tina's before our time, so we're talking like 40 years ago? Yeah, yeah. Or 40 we're years talking ago. 79, 80. That's, that's something special to be up in that. And, you know, we'll ask Lauren, like, can, can, she, can she catch Tina? We'll see. She's got another year. Yeah. So let, let, let's see. So last Thursday, BYU defeated St. Mary's uh, 74-59. Uh, Lauren Gustin with 20 points and 20 boards. That's just what I expect out of him. That's what she now. does. Just 20 and 20. 20, 20. Four assists to go along with that. And, and then uh, Anani had 25 points, two boards, six assists. So how about 25 points and six assists? So, so combined, that one-two punch, outside and inside, 45 points, 22 boards, 10 assists. And then you go combined for the week, the two games. 78 points and 41 rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tandem that's, those are staggering that's numbers tough to deal with. For a week, so. This week, they are at San Diego. What a great place to go because it's freezing cold here. I just I was think. at San Diego. I was in San Diego for f- four days, um, got home, flew to Hawaii the next day, came home. Yeah. I don't know what to you make You deserve of this. to freeze. Like, I don't know what to make Everyone of Everyone here right needs now. to get out. You deserve to get in. I, feel, I don't feel right. I feel like cold. So the Toreros are coming up that Saturday at 3 Mountain Time on the WCC Network. The Cougars beat the Toreros 63-49 to back on January 7th. Lauren out-rebounded the whole team 24-23. to Yeah. <laughs> now that's that's, what I'm that's just about. crazy. How does that even happen? There's five other players out there when, trying when, to get the Lauren ball. When Lauren comes on and talks about this, I don't know how <laughs> she's going to keep a straight face when she knows she's dominating the way she is. <laughs> to not just have a smile on your face. And we're all not the just going to roll out softball questions either. We've got some nope. singers that. Yeah. Uh, like, is... I, she she when when we talk about how good she is, she better have a smirk on her face because she has to know. Next home game, Pepperdine at BYU. That's Thursday, November 9th on BYU TV at seven. As far as the league goes, Gonzaga's number one at eleven and zero. Portland's number two at ten and one, and there's BYU at number three at seven and four. They are just ahead of San Diego, so that makes it a very right. important game. Let's bring in our two big shots tonight. Uh, uh, Lauren and Come on in, guys. Morgan. Lauren, you're over this way, and Morgan, you're over that way. And as they get situated, it's my pleasure to introduce our first two guests. They've got big roles to play in Amber Whiting's plan to lead the women's basketball program into the Big 12. Junior Lauren Gustin, the number one rebounder in the country, as we've established, a leader on the floor, assistant coach and former Cougar star Morgan Bailey in her first year on the staff. It's an honor to welcome both of you to the Wise Guys. We, and by the way, you guys, we had um, we had Amber, the very first like major interview that she did after taking the head coaching job, she came in here, sat right here where Morgan is, um, had not done a big interview, and she spent an hour with us. And she was scared a little bit. She, she, I'll be honest, she was a little she scared. She was nervous about it. She didn't know what we were going to ask, and, and, then, and then she's kind of walking in here going... Well, this place is kind of cool, but what is this? This is our underground yeah, we don't tell people Wise Guys are, so studio. Don't tell them. Now you guys are on the inside. This is a, we tell them it's an undisclosed location in Provo in the East Bench. But but then um, she lightened up and we had a good time. Yeah, we had a great time. And she said, oh, that wasn't 
that wasn't so bad. She didn't think it was so bad. So we hope that you guys have the same experience that Amber had when she came in. So we've been talking about the Big 12 football schedule released today. Um, and now that the teams and dates are out, does it feel a little more real that that's where everyone's going? Um, I mean, for me, not so much just because we're still in season with the WCC. Um, but, I mean, it's exciting to see schedules coming out and um, dates and stuff. When, when you think about, from the football side, because I know you guys, you follow all of the sports um, at, at BYU. Is there a game that, that both of you kind of look at and go, oh, that's going to be kind of a fun one. That's going to be a fun football rival for BYU. Is there a favorite team that you have from a football perspective that BYU is going to play? Um, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm excited for Oklahoma at home. Like, yeah. I think that one will be super fun. Um, Texas is always good. Like we're just, I don't know, all of them are going to be fun. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Oklahoma at home. That's going to be a big one. <laughs> that will be big. And we're also waiting on the basketball schedule, which will be enormous, especially for the two of you. Um, how eager are you to have you seen it? Have you seen the schedule? A- Amber's seen it because a- yeah, we've because it's floating around. It. it just hasn't been released. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, Amber does a good job of just we're just focused on the season right now with the girls. Um, so we haven't really talked about Big Twelve jump uh, like Lauren said. We're just focused on finishing WCC play really strong. But I've seen a glimpse of it and it, it's exciting. In yeah. the event that uh, let's say the game Saturday, so for for maybe just a couple minutes, let's step out of the bubble just a little bit and and talk about joining a P five conference and and competing in it. And they'll all know you're coming uh, with the kind of season you're having. Uh, how exciting is that? Yeah, um, I mean, we got a little taste of it playing Oklahoma um, this season and then last year. So they're right. always it's a, it's a fun atmosphere, I feel like, especially playing out there. Um, really different, you know, good competition. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I think that um, a lot of – hopefully we can get a lot more, you know, fans and oh, yeah. whatnot uh, at our home games. But I think it will be a good jump for us. It's And here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this with this. Morgan, when I ask this, but – like, I know you're supposed to just say, yeah, we're, you know, we just got to focus on the game this Saturday, right? Because that's what they tell us we all have to say. But I want to tell you, so I'm going to take you way back. It's 1984, and our coaches keep telling us, um, we just got to focus on San Diego State this week. We got to, but all of us were getting together and looking where we were ranked, and we're like, we're number seven right now in the country. If we're going to get to number one, then Ohio State needs to lose this week. <laughs> and, and, and then we would go watch Ohio State in Michigan and, I'm not going to lie. We were focused enough on the games we were playing that week. We went 13-0, but we were also focused on down the road and winning a national championship. So we're – this is a protected bubble. This is just us. It's just us and you then guys, the world the, and then the world. We'll, we'll yeah. So there's that. We'll talk about the Big 12 for a minute, and then we'll focus right back on this week. Okay? Perfect. So, so Morgan, <laughs> with, that, with that caveat, when you think about coaching in that league, in the Big 12, a P5 league with so many good teams – um, you know, what, what, where does that take your mind? What are your thoughts on coaching against the, the competition in that league? That was one of the main reasons why I made the jump over to BYU. Um, I mean, as soon as we heard that they were going to the Big 12, I feel like, I mean, as a player, that was a dream of mine. Every time we went to the NCAA tournament, when we played NC State, when we played... And got to the Sweet yeah, 16. Nebraska and UConn, those were my favorite games because yeah. it's going against, like, these top athletes and top programs. Um, so those were the games I lived for. And so now that I'm actually going to be a part of it, coaching against the best, going against the best, bigger, faster, stronger, um, that's, you know, the game that I love. Um, 
And obviously, respect to WCC, the WAG, Big Sky, like all these conferences have a ton of talent. Um, but when we talk about like Power Five and actually being a part of, you know, um, the legends that go through it, I, I think we're excited to not only go to compete, but go to win. Two fierce competitors here on the show. And I'm not talking about us. No. Uh, <laughs> What's he talking about? The, the notion of a Big 12 opponent every night for you. Uh, with how you like to play and, and your physical style and, and the success that you've had. Is that not like the ultimate challenge? Yeah, no, it's exciting, especially thinking of even playing like Texas, you know, going to be playing Shaylee. Sure. Uh, that's, you know, that's exciting. It kind of gets me more motivated, I feel like, in the <laughs> off season, just, you know, to be playing old opponents, uh, I mean, old teammates. But like Morgan said, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, everybody. So I think it's just, you know, I feel like I got to get – stronger faster you know even you know bigger whatever it takes but uh no i mean like i said it's just motivating i feel like for me um it's gonna be a lot of fun and challenging you know i think too to be able to play the best of the best uh but i'm i'm ready for it i, I love i love that lauren says it's motivating so when that actually happens mm -hmm. as you've prepared and shaley comes down the lane and and you block shaley's <laughs> shot okay so you swat it um and it starts a fast break. You swat it out to the wing, and they, you get the ball to the floor, and you get it, and you get a run out on the other end. Do you say something to Shaylee at that point? <laughs> See, I'm not much of a trash talker. <laughs> I wish I wish I was, but yeah, no, it's not my game. Um, but you know, I, I'm she. I mean, she's killing over there, so I'm happy for her. But now I'm excited to have her back here, and you know, hopefully, put up a good challenge against them. On our uh, live stream tonight, uh, which can be. Um, Listened to, watched anywhere in the world on Lower Carb Coog. Uh, if you look at the entire BYU sports programs, the women are way more prepared for the Big 12. Do you two agree? Go women, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just run down the sports. You can start with soccer, yes, yeah. women's volleyball, mm -hmm. gymnastics, uh, women's basketball, um, track and field, cross country. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not wrong, are they? I don't. I don't want to start anything. No, <laughs> like Jen, Jen, Jen Rockwood sat here yeah. um, before the season. We said, Jen, uh, you know, it, you're going to be in the Big Twelve next year. You still have this year. What are your expectations? And Jen's like, we'll go compete for a championship immediately. Absolutely. We compete for national championships. Like, yeah. what are you and talking I, I didn't about? mean to leave golf out either. Right. Golf right. And, and tennis. And yeah. uh, and then you look at you know um, our women's cross country team and women's track. They're top five programs in the country. Mm -hmm. They go in expecting to win a championship right now. Um, you know, in, in basketball and football, men's and the women's side, um, you, there's some more pieces we need, obviously, to compete for a championship in that that league. Maybe the women are closer than the men at this point, really. Um, but have you noticed, Morgan, in this recruiting class, this this upcoming recruiting class, um, a, a, an ability to get some better players knowing that you're going to be in the Big 12? Like, this incoming mix looks like it's pretty talented that's going to be added to Lauren. And it's a and top 25 mix. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think our recruiting class coming in, a lot of them are great players where before if we were in the WCC, I don't think we have a shot at them because they want to go against big, fast, strong, like we talked about. Yeah. Um, having Genesai come over from Oregon was a huge get for us. Um, obviously Amari, uh, and then we have Kaylee Wilson, who's absolutely killing it in the state of Utah right now. I see her being the Gatorade player of the year. At Lone Peak? Yeah, at yeah. Lone Peak. And so... Um, just a lot of people who not only are great players, but will fit in with what we have right now. And that's what's important to us. What if you recruited five Gustins? How would that work? Because uh, be I know you like to shoot. I know you like to shoot the three. 
But but you make a living down by the basket. Mm-hmm. But then there'd also have to be you at the point guard. Could is there room for five Gustins out there? Uh, I mean, there'd be a lot of aggressive people fighting out there. I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> well, that would be that would be something to see. Now, as a former WCC Player of the Year, mm-hmm. and uh, averaged seventeen point two points and ten point five rebounds, which sounds a lot like some numbers over here. Although these are a little bit further along this season. Um, you know what it takes to battle in the paint. So what does Lauren have in her that makes her so effective? Yeah. One thing with Lo, I did a, um, interview not too long ago and like Lowe's a super special person. Like you don't meet a lot of Lauren Gustins, um, where you don't have to motivate her. Like she, if she, when she's on the court, she's on, whether it be in practice or games. Um, and she sticks with what she's really good at. So rebounding, of course, we've improved, I think, I, you could, I don't want to speak for you, but I think she's improved finishing and reading and reacting to people. I, we've seen her three-point shot and her kind of shot from 15-foot range. Um, so to me, what makes her different from anyone I've ever coached is just, you know, the grit, the heart, and it's consistent every single day, whether it be in practice, whether it be in a rebounding drill, passing drill, whatever it is, she's out there to win. That, that's what makes for greatness, right? When you have it, but you still work at it. I, I loved, Lauren, that, that you said going to the Big 12 just motivates you to get bigger, faster, stronger, and do all of that. So, so question, a question for you. I mentioned earlier before you came on that in that game that I was broadcasting um, with Spencer, I actually asked the question in-game, like, is she going to get every <laughs> rebound? In, like, I, I think she's just got, like, 10 boards in a row. Is she going to get every board in this game? Um, do you expect to get every board when you're out there? Um I mean, I, I'd like to go for every single board, uh, regardless if it's, you know, offense or defense. Uh, so I definitely make a goal and effort to at least put effort towards, towards every board. Um, sometimes the long ones, you know, I'm not quite lucky, but uh, I just love to crash every time. And are you disappointed if you don't get 20? <laughs> um, 20 all of a sudden is the norm. It's like, <laughs> did Lauren have a good game? I don't know. Did she get 20 rebounds? <laughs> that's not fair, but that's kind of what mm-hmm. you've done. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, it's disappointing when I miss ones that I know I should get. Uh, but if I feel like I'm, you know, putting the effort forward, you know, whatever I end up with is, you know, doable. But I feel like there's always a couple more that I can, you know, push myself harder to or, you know, get a luckier bounce or whatnot. There was – I went and watched the San Diego game. And then I wrote a, mm-hmm. I wrote a, an article about you in the Deseret News. And I started the article by saying, Lauren Gustin plays as hard as she chews her gum. <laughs> yeah. and, and I thought, there and I thought, I wonder if someone would think that was disrespectful because you chew on your gum yeah. and you, it's just a motor, really, what it, it was kind of a, a description of a motor that doesn't stop. And that's kind of what Coach Whiting has talked about is that you have a motor that doesn't stop when you're, when you're on the floor. And I've noticed that you're, you're able to do all these things and you don't get in foul trouble, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a, it's a gift. How do you avoid being so physical and staying out of foul trouble? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's dress the gum thing. I feel like, <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I am very aggressive with my gum. I have to have gum in 24 seven. I mean, I don't have it right now, but I, I get so like amped and going that if I don't have gum and I'm literally biting my fingernails off. And is it, so, is it a new piece every time out? Um, usually I just will have, I have to have the same kind. It's I'm very particular. On what, what kind the, is uh, it? It's polarized extra. Um, so is I, that like, is that, where is that from the bubble yum? So on the on the counter, it's is that like anywhere near? It's like a. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know where that. Like, I don't even know. So so it's fresh piece throughout. Yeah, so, you get so some I have sugar a yeah, start some... of the game and then at halftime I always get 
a new piece, but that's that's about it. If, if it's a bad, if the game's going bad, I'll switch my gum. I'm a little superstitious about that. But <laughs> so if the game's not going the way you want it, then you got to change Didn't the gum. Michael yeah, Jordan, oh Didn't Michael Jordan switch his shoes? Didn't Jordan switch <laughs> yeah. his shoes He's if like, it wasn't going is, right? This isn't going right. Get him another pair of shoes. <laughs> like, so you swap and, out the gum. Yeah, I'll swap out my gum. And Rafa, <laughs> if things aren't going well, he's like, this racket is not okay. <laughs> like, you know, he'll change to another racket. So with Lauren, it's like, it's not going okay. I need a different flavor of gum. Yeah, I'll just I'll switch my piece of gum. I'm very, yeah, very particular about that. My trainer's always got my gum on hand, which is nice. Um, but back to your question um, about... I can't even remember because yeah, I'm remember fascinated about the oh, gum. foul trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. How do you stay out of foul <laughs> trouble and being as aggressive as you are? Yeah, um, I think I've just learned over the years um, kind of, you know, how to play smarter, um, what to... You know, you kind of have to get a feel of the refs, I feel like, at the start of the game and kind of see what they're calling and whatnot and then go from there. Um, but, yeah, I just have had to kind of – sometimes when I want to be a little more aggressive, I have to kind of, you know, back off or um, just kind of know when to go uh, be aggressive. Um, and then, you know, like I said, the refs sometimes, you know yeah. – you kind of got to get a feel of them. Yeah, I, I, some have happy whistles. Yeah, yeah. yeah they do, and you got to adjust to them. I was, I was going to ask Morgan. Um, we, we talk a lot about Lawrence rebounding because she's just otherworldly in that area. Like She leads the nation. It's just crazy. But one area of her game, as we've watched, that's really developed is her ability to get the ball out of the double team. And teams are going down double, and Lauren, when she's got the ball on that low block, you know, a lot of teams will, will – come off of the guard line off of a wing and try to double from there. Sometimes they'll monster and bring another big over. But but it seems like a lot of teams are trying to come down and dig it out from that guard line. That's been a benefit to, to Nani, who's yeah. sitting out there. Now with two on Lauren, she's unguarded. And and, you, and she's really been had this ability to get the ball out, and then all of a sudden Nani's starting to knock down shots. She's feeling really comfortable. Um, her offensive game has taken off now. She leads this team in scoring. How much of that is Nani and how much of that is Lauren and, and Nani's ability now to score and lead this team? That's what makes a dangerous team to me is the balance. We talk about it all the time as a staff and with the girls is that if they want to worry about our shooters, because we have a lot, not just Nani, we have Smiler, we have Ari, we have, mm-hmm. we have a lot of threats out there on the perimeter. Um, but Nani's definitely our more consistent one right now. Um, but... If we have shooters, they have to worry about them, and they can't double off. I've been surprised at how many people have played Lauren and Emma one-on-one this year, but it's because they're worried about our guard line. Who do they double off of? Um, So then when they start hitting uh, shots, it opens up for the bigs. If our bigs are killing it and they have to double off, we pass it out. And so then it's like, what do we guard? We don't know what to guard. And so that, to me, it reminds me of... The Sweet 16 team that I was on with Jen Hampson, mm-hmm. Kim Parker, Kylie Maeda, we were so balanced. It says, what do we take away? What shots are we going to give up? Um, and so there was just no answer. And that's where I feel like we're headed with Coach Whiting saying everyone just had to figure out who they were, what we are, you know. Um, and I think we're figuring that out and finding that balance. Kempe Nicole on YouTube tonight. Lauren has good genes. Her great uncle was a player for the Cougars in 1958 and played with my dad. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even, I, I guess I was aware of that. I had a, a great uncle, but I mean. So you got that? Yeah. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that, that it's funny how people will follow your career because of, of connections to mm-hmm. family members from years gone by. And all of a sudden you represent everybody. <laughs> I know. Yeah. My mom played here too for two years. So basketball, which is crazy to think about that, but. 
Who's the best athlete in your family? Because <laughs> uh, she like because Lauren comes from a family of great athletes, right? So so who's the best athlete in your family? You know, I think everyone's gonna say themselves for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I think I I think my mom. She was you know she was. She wanted to come to BYU for volleyball and basketball, but she decided to pursue uh, basketball. But I feel like she did it all really well, track, volleyball, basketball. Um, the rest of us were kind of more dominant in one sport, I feel like. So she set the tone. Yeah. And everyone, everyone saw so Mom is the, is the <laughs> you know what? That, I don't care what you say. That's a great answer. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, she won't give herself credit for it, but. That's pretty awesome. That's BYU assistant answer. coach Morgan Bailey and junior powerhouse Lauren Gustin on the Wise Guys Tonight live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and YSGuys.com. So, Lauren, what does it mean to be the nation's leading rebounder? Um, and there's over 5,000 players playing Division One college basketball. You're the leading rebounder. Is that a motivator to, to keep it going? What What is it? Yeah, um, it's definitely a motivator, you know, never really satisfied, um, you know, any any days, you know, there's close seconds and thirds, so you kind of got to, you know, be aware of that. It's just every single game, you got to grind, battle, try to get every board you can. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just, you know, what is it going to take to win and get games, uh, win games. So um, if that means 20 boards, then I'm going to do my best to get that. And isn't it kind of cool, isn't it kind of cool to be the number one rebounder? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that, it's... I mean, that's something. To lead the nation, it, yeah. and we're talking about at an elite level, right? There's, there's great players all over the country. I can go right to your mom number and say, one. Uh, yeah, you're talking to the nation's <laughs> number one rebounder. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a good honor. Um, but like you said, it's just, you know, you gotta be focused and go into every game with the mindset of, um, just, you know, what is it going to do to, what is it going to take to win? Um, so I, I said earlier, I was going to, I was going to ask this. So now I am like, can you be the all time leading rebounder at BYU before you're done? So, you need 482 to tie, mm -hmm. 483 to pass by Tina Gunn-Robinson. That marks, it's more than 40 years, right? Yeah, just more than 40, 40 years ago. That's a long time to hold a record. Mm -hmm. You know, we had, who did we have on here the other night? Oh, Jimmer was on with us. And Jimmer was all mad that he was the only the all-time leading scorer for two years, and then Tyler took it from him. Because uh -huh. there was a great gulf between Jimmer and Danny Ainge. <laughs> right. And then he only got to be the king like, for two seasons. That wasn't, wasn't good. So that's a long time. Yeah. And my feeling is... If you go get this, like it's going to be another long time. Mm -hmm. you, you can have that for a long time. Is that? Can you do that? Can you get that many? Uh, I hope so. I mean, that's the plan. Uh, obviously, you know, Tina had a great career at BYU. I feel like she's all over the place. You know, her banner hung up in the gym and yeah. uh, a lot of records set by her. So, um, I mean, something to strive for, for sure. It's interesting. Last year I wrote a story about Shaylee's chase of Tina's scoring record. And, and that if she stayed at BYU, she had an opportunity to do that. Uh, and now we've just flipped it to, well, now we're chasing the rebounding mm -hmm. record. Tina's under hot pursuit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Morgan, what would be the keys for Lauren to get that record? What needs to happen um, besides good health? Yeah, besides good health. Uh, I think what she said is just come hungry every game and look for opportunities. Um, just be relentless on that. Um, and I think... I, I think she has great teammates around her who set her up as well. Um, and she just has that instinct. Like, and so what she does, you can't teach, like, honestly. Yeah. So, um, and so I just think keep going at it. And then as she gets faster and stronger in the offseason, um, it will come in the Big 12 as well. So, so, so Lauren, how, how helpful is it to, to look over on the bench and, mm -hmm. and to know that you've got Morgan sitting there 
who played the position that you played, who was a phenomenal rebound, who was a leader on a team that went to the Sweet 16. It was all conference player of the year and all that. How, how nice is it to have Morgan there to bounce ideas off and coach you up? Yeah, no, it's been a great honor to have her. I'm so glad she's here. This, You know, you know this is my first year working with Morgan, um, and I've loved every second of it, just trying to take, you know, full advantage. Um, it's I feel like it's nice to have someone that you can really ask all the questions to, and she has all the answers, you know, and she had a great um, career at BYU. Um, so, I mean, we'll try to get work in after practice, and I'm always trying to, you know, get her opinion on things because, you know, she was a helpful player, so... So if we had a hoop like behind us <laughs> and there was a shot coming off the rim, who gets the rebound? Lauren, every single time. <laughs> and no, she does, she does still suit up in practice. And she now I have watched, That's the question we have asked. watched Morgan dominate <laughs> yeah. in the WCC. Does, does, Mor- does she suit up? Yeah, she, she, she has a couple times in practice. But I'm not, I was not the rebounder Lauren was at all. Like, <laughs> offensively, I could hold my own, but no. Like, can, can, she still, can she still ball? Oh, yeah, no, no. She has to come in when she, to film for the boys that aren't being, getting the work done. So Is that right? <laughs> I love it. And you, you guys have some guys that come practice with you yeah right? to get a little more size out on the floor to, mm-hmm. to, and speed and, and speed to, to help um to get you guys ready for for games so sometimes it's like dude you're out morgan yeah get in there. yeah, yeah. no to, to back up our boys they're great athletes and that's what they are they're just athletes so like <laughs> they're when, not basketball yeah, players so when they're guarding them they're going for blocks and stuff but it's not always realistic muscle muscle like right. playing a certain way and so that's when i'm like get out guys let's make this <laughs> Morgan, I got this. I got this. I Get got out. This. Dr. Catch 1000 says, question from Morgan. What's been the most surprising thing that you've experienced since becoming an assistant coach? And you were an assistant at UVU before, yeah. so it's been a few years. Yeah. Um, the, honestly, the most surprising thing is how rewarding it is. When I gave up basketball, um, when I decided not to play professionally anymore, um, I didn't know if basketball was going to reward me as much as it was when I played. Um And so being an assistant coach, I think the reward is seeing things click, seeing Lauren's success, Emma's success, Josie William, who I coached at UVU's success, like that, like brings me happiness and gets me like going. And so, um, I don't know. I'm just in it for the girls. I want to give them back an experience that I did. And so when I see them being successful, that's what's the most surprising to me of how rewarding it feels. So Good answer. There nice you go. job. Lauren averages 15.6 points and 16.5 boards. Number one rebounder in the country, but she's on a tear lately. Like every time I look up, it seems like it's 20 plus. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that number is going to go up. Uh, she's an assistant coach, Morgan Bailey, are here with us on the Wise Guys tonight. Nani was going to join us tonight. Mm-hmm. She's not feeling well. She hopes she'll be better by game time. Sorry, guys. We'll I'm get her on another night. Exciting, hey, and, and if we would have known just fine was over there. <laughs> I want all three of you guys coming on, <laughs> on the next time. So we're going to excuse Nani because uh, she's not feeling well tonight. Um, there, was a, there was a lot that happened. After the NCAA tournament last year, lose to Villanova, and then a lot of things changed, especially for you. Um, let's just go down the list. There's uh, Paisley Harding, Tegan Graham, Maria Albiero, Sarah Hampson. They all graduate. Shaley Gonzalez graduates and transfers to Texas. Your head coach finishes up, so you're going to have a new head coach, and you've got to decide, mm-hmm. do I stay it's like that Clash song, should I stay or should I go? Uh, and you decide to stay. How come? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had, I feel like some great, obviously some still teammates and whatnot that I played with um, that, you know, I loved. I played with Nani a lot last year, Ari, Emma. Um, so I, I felt like, you know, we still were together. Um, we had each other. And, 
you know, just having trust and faith in the coaches that were coming in. Um, you know, I knew Morgan was a great player and great coach, so I was excited to have that. Lee was coming back, who was um, – I was really close with Lee. Lee Kamard. Mm-hmm. Had a great relationship with him. And then, um, you know, I heard great things about, you know, Amber coming in um, and just her intensity and uh, energy she was going to bring and, you know, kind of a new um, – a new culture to BYU. Is it is it hard for a player of your caliber to to go? Okay, I've just got a little time left, and now I got a new coach. Yeah, I mean, it was hard at first, you know, just realizing that I was going to have such a big change. Um, being my, you know, I redshirted my first year, so yeah. technically my fourth year here, but my third season playing. Uh, but you know, I was excited for the challenge. I was going to come with it. Um, losing a lot of upperclassmen was going to be different, but I knew I was going to lose, you know, the seniors that graduated. Um, you know, Shaylee was a surprise, but, um, you know, it all worked out. Uh, I was excited to be able to play with Nani and, you know, Ari and Emma again. You know, Lauren, Lauren, you know, was already here and Amber came in. You came with Amber. Mm-hmm. And so, so what's, what's that been like? And describe her style to us. What's it like to coach with her? What's her coaching style, if you could describe it? Yeah. Um, so I already admitted this to Amber when they hired her. I think all of us were like, interesting hire because you know, coming no, we from all my, were that. All we're like, what? Were, yeah, and I admitted that to her. So if she's watching, <laughs> don't be surprised. Um, but we were all kind of interesting hire. Um, but when I was at UVU, very happy with Dan Nielsen um, mm-hmm. and what we were doing. Well, when we love Dan. Yeah, yeah he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so when she said, "I just want to talk to you. Like, just come talk." Um, and I was like, okay, you can try, but I'm happy where I'm at. Um, and so when I went and talked to her uh, in my interview, I was like, I get it. Like, I know why they hired you. And so the type of people person she is is that she does not care like about what anyone thinks. She's been under fire constantly with getting this job, um, but she doesn't care. She knows who she is. She knows what she wants to do. And so to me, as like a female coach as well, I love seeing – um, you know, a boss female in a power position ready to go no matter what's facing, whatever's in front of her. Um, so I love that. Um, she's spitfire and just like unapologetic, just does what she has to do and we get it done. Um, and so that's what I really love about Amber while still being open-minded and listening to what we have to do. So she's not like this dictator who's doing it all herself. She loves the help that we and what we bring values us while still you know, doing yeah. what she needs to do. And your so. relationship with her has certainly evolved. Um, at last year, you didn't have the opportunity to be the leader that you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, how much joy comes from leading this team? Yeah, uh, definitely a lot more pressure, uh, <laughs> but, but I enjoy it. I think, uh, you know, the coaches have been really good with, uh, you know, pushing me, you know, to go beyond my comfort and whatnot. And, you know, and Amber and Morgan and Lee and all of them having trust in me has kind of helped me um, evolve as a leader. And then just having my teammates, you know, look up to me and, and push me as well. And having Smiler coming back, you know, having that veteran yeah. um, has been really important just because, you know, we've both been here, you know, a couple years together through everything. Uh, but, no, it's been a lot of fun. Um, definitely a growing moment for, you know, my I have to grow on and off the court. Uh, you know, got to be a good example to the girls, but yeah. I, you know, I couldn't be happier with the the role I've had to play. You, you both mentioned Lee Kamard, Morgan. I want to ask you about Lee as a, a fellow uh, assistant coach. What's he like to coach with? We, we remember watching him play, and I don't know how many times I said on the air, "What this skinny dude is like? He's like the he was one of the most physical, gritty players you've ever seen play." 
which didn't go with the body that he played with at all, right? <laughs> Mount West like, Conference yeah, Player of the Year. Yeah, he yeah. was like, yeah. he was not, like, he's long, but he was never, like, the guy who was like, oh, he's going to go in there and bang and get boards and do all this kind of stuff. And then you would go out and watch him in the game, you're like, this has got to be the toughest guy I've ever seen out on the floor. The thing I remember most about him is his toughness. Does he bring that to, to this team? And what yeah. else does he bring as an assistant coach? Um. Yeah, to the skinny guy, it's so true. I watched like a highlight of him and I saw him throw it down and I was shocked. But he's just a well-rounded player. If he can shoot, he can drive, he can do it all. But um, as a coach, I really enjoyed Lee offensively. He's sharp. He's on it. Like he knows his stuff. And so he sees things really well, knows adjustments in the game with the girls if they're playing us a certain way. Um, so I've loved learning and growing from that. I also love, well, I've learned to love him challenging me <laughs> all the time learn yeah. to love so i'll bring in an idea to the table and lee will just like totally crush like <laughs> challenge me on everything and i i love it because it's making me better but it's also making me see a different side so um i love that he is fearless and he i low knows like lee's just lee like he's not going to change for anyone i and i love that about him he's just a genuine human being and so um i just like what he brings to the table i love that he challenges us i like that he forces us to think outside the box, and then we all come together and just collaborate that way. All right, let's talk shop. Tomorrow's February 1st, which is awesome because that means January's over. Uh, but then the next month is March when we have the tournament in Vegas and then everything that, that comes from, from that. Gonzaga and Portland got you the opening two games of conference play on the road. Yeah, how they do we both... end up having to play the two of the yeah. best teams in the league on the road to start conference on play? On the road, yeah. and it was a Saturday-Monday Monday yeah, like, The WCC Monday. did to without us. Be, without being able to practice on, mm -hmm. on Sunday. Yeah, the yeah, WCC exactly. did to us what uh, the Big 12 yeah. did to Oklahoma. <laughs> Just like saying, <laughs> hey, Oklahoma, we know you're a warm-weather team. Why don't you go play BYU in November? <laughs> right. Right there, right. That's what happened to you guys. We're the, beauty, the beauty of the schedule, though, is you get those two teams the last week of the regular season. Now, there's some key games in between, but how important is it and how cool is it to get a shot at those two? Yeah, no, it's it's. I feel like for Gonzaga – Every year, everyone gets up for that game, especially to have that game be home and our last game of the conference season. Um, you know, I'm just excited to be able to play them again. I feel like the start of the season, we're a completely different team than we were um, then. You know, we've come together more. We have, you know, people play their role. We have better chemistry. So I think it's going to be fun to be able to see a completely different team play them. Um, I thought we played them, you know, pretty well mm -hmm. for, our, you know, our first game. Um, you had Gonzaga. You had a shot at mm -hmm. them then, and mm -hmm. right down to the last couple of minutes. Portland... Got you a little bit, but yeah, that one, that yeah. one got us. Right. But I'm just excited to play both of them again, um, especially at our place. Uh, yeah, you know, what, February 23rd and 25th. Yeah. So. It's already on your mind. Yeah. yeah, Fowler's still there. She's still there. She's a good player. I also want to add a tidbit. Of when we played at Gonzaga, I don't know if everyone saw the interview of Coach. Yeah, there was. Coach, yeah, of saying that they're losing to a player uh, to a team that doesn't have really good players, and okay. so. And that was yeah. different from Lisa 48. We had not heard her no, say something like that. We've done a lot with Lisa over the years. That yeah. blew me away to yeah. hear her say that. I was shocked to see it, but I, I respect that woman more than anything. But yeah. um, I think that's extra motivation. I think it's just all the hits that we've taken anyway. People don't really know who we are and what we have because they're not in the grind every day. And so if she thinks that's what it is, we'll show her the bad players that we have. You know? Well, thank you. You came out of those two games, four and six, mm -hmm. and then went on a – Eight game winning streak. Yeah, that, that yeah. is that's who this team. This team's won eight of their last ten. Yeah, right. So that's who this team is now. Yeah, yeah. right. So road trip to San Diego um, this weekend. Toreros are right behind you guys in the standings. So how important is this road trip? Yeah, very very important. We really got to secure the win this weekend. 
And how are you going to do that? Um, I think, you know, we gotta, we've got we been really focusing on defense this last week um, just due to the, you know, our last two, our two losses. Um, so we got to come in, you know, ready to play hard. Um, you know, everyone gives BYU their best shot, I feel like. Yeah. So, and we gotta, Especially this year. Yeah, the for last sure. Year. You know, we got to handle their press, um, which I thought we did well last time against San Diego. And uh, we're going to play good defense, and everyone just got to play their role. We were surprised at the Pacific game. Santa Clara came in and just shot lights out. Yeah. I mean, they just – Sometimes I don't, it happens in basketball. I don't think they right missed there. any back-to-back threes the whole game, and that's yeah. just that's just their day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacific was a little bit of a, of a different one, but this league is – there are those kind of games for everybody every night that, that aren't the top two teams. Right. I feel that – People get up for BYU, too. I yeah. mean, this program has established itself as a powerhouse along with Gonzaga, and so those are the games that are easy. And so I think the Santa Clara and Pacific had a common theme. It was our second game. Um, we didn't come in as sharp as we should, defensively especially, like Lauren said. Um, and so with those ones, we're, we're playing teams that really don't have anything to lose. Um, that's when we have to be even more sharp. When you say it's the second game, second game of a two a two game yeah. series where you're playing yeah. Thursday, Saturday, or yeah. Saturday, Monday. Yeah, so they are yeah our second game of the week. Right. Yeah. So uh, for the San Diego game, which you out rebounded the Toreros, as we mentioned, um, and that's not the first time you've done that. But I was. She did smile when he said that. I want to make sure, like she everyone see that. I just wanted to smile and just like. Yes, I did. <laughs> so I, I sat behind the San Diego bench, and I was mostly watching you because I wanted to write a story. I was watching what you did away from the ball and, and all that stuff. But there was a moment in that game where um, you got your 20-something rebound, and Cindy Fisher, who's coached forever and has been very successful, throws her hands up in the air because they had a timeout, and they everyone, everyone on that roster and, and the five in the game knows they've got to box you out. <laughs> And they talk about it, and then two seconds later, you've got another rebound. <laughs> and uh, and so I was just watching her react to to trying to beat one of the best players in the league, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't happening that day. So you know, I don't know if they'll put five people on her to box her out on <laughs> on Saturday, but going into the second game, having done what she did in the first game, how do you plan to counter what San Diego has to do? They're going to do something different, and most of it's going to focus – on Lauren. So as you plan your strategy this week, what's your how do you how do you come up with a counterattack? Yeah, we're prepared for if they do come in and double. Um, so we've been working with the posts of being more patient uh, in the in the game. Whenever we get catches, let's chin and check to see where the double's coming from. If I'm one on one, let's read and react that way. Um, so if they want to send a double, we'll kick it out to our shooters. And like I said balanced game like our guards got to hit these shots so that we can open it up more um and maybe in the second half or later in the game uh i think last game plan you could see that lauren was a focus especially on the boards um and that they were actively trying to keep her off and just couldn't um so that's going to be a lot of lauren's just will to go get it um and uh, I think she was successful once. She'll be successful again. It's really hard to box out someone who's as strong and athletic and fast as she it's is. It's a compliment so. to be triple teamed, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not fun, but it's a compliment. <laughs> and, and, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's game break. It, it's really back breaking, Lauren, um, when you go get offensive boards. Because mm-hmm. so, sometimes when you're on the road, shooting doesn't travel as well as defense and rebounding, mm-hmm. right? And so you go on the road, maybe you don't shoot it. You're a few percentage points lower than you are at home. But you can make a huge difference in the game by going, that's fine. Every time they miss it, I'll just go grab it, and we'll have another shot at it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that way when you go on the road? I, I, like, I need to really get on the offensive glass. Yeah, um, like you said, um, sometimes our shooting doesn't travel. 
So um, I really feel like rebounding is really just, you know, an effort, kind of like the defensive side of things. So, yeah, especially on the offensive board, I'm, I feel like sometimes, uh, the, like, on defense, they don't box that was hard for on that side of things. So it's kind of easier sometimes to get an O board because they do expect – uh, everyone to get back in transition. So sometimes I think that's an advantage is to, you know, kind of sneak in there and try to grab that O board um, while everyone's running back. So a couple more questions uh, and we'll let uh, Lauren and, and Morgan go. They're on the wise guys tonight. I want to do a follow-up from uh, Kempe uh, talking about your great uncle. Um, <laughs> and she says, I'm watching this with my 85 year old dad who played with your great uncle. And he just said that he's your biggest fan Next to your parents, he raves about how great John Gustin was. Oh. So you got that <laughs> going sweet. for yeah. you. Isn't that oh. sweet? His 85-year-old dad. That's wow. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Fans so. of all ages, Lauren. Hey, who do you, who <laughs> do you got in the Super Bowl? Who are you taking yeah. in the Super Bowl? That's important. Well, you answer this uh, one. I think I want the Eagles to win. You want the Eagles? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a tie to the Eagles or just... Like um, so the fact that Andy Reid's not one of the greatest yeah. Cougars is not enough <laughs> to draw you in. Um, yeah, I mean, I, actually, I want the Bengals to really beat the Chiefs, you know. But yeah, so I'm just gonna root for the Eagles in this one. Eagles are good. Yeah, I don't have a preference. My mom <laughs> like grew up in New England, and so we've always been Patriots, Red Sox, like um, Celtics fans. So. So you're I, on the I outside just, looking in. I just want in. a good game. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a good game. How yeah, about that? Yeah, we'll take yeah, a good yeah. game. We'll I still have to game. come up with the family I, I prize. Have to root right. for Andy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is true. Andy was our uh, – he coached here. He was – when I was playing and I played quarterback, Andy was the graduate assistant coach that worked with quarterbacks. And so mm-hmm. spent every day in a meeting room with him for, for – you know, a year or two, and it's like, how can I not root? Like, when he was at the Eagles, I root for the Eagles. I got to root for Kansas City. <laughs> Isn't right? it interesting? The two quarterbacks, Hurts uh, and, and Mahomes, have changed the way quarterbacking is done in the NFL, and now they get a collide in the Super Bowl as mobile quarterbacks who just make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned uh, when you're talking about Lauren being different from the others – there always has to be somebody who just does it better than everybody else, yeah. and then they lead and, and take a team to the Super Bowl or, or to a big win uh, win this Saturday. And so you're kind of like the Mahomes hurts of <laughs> oh, the that's an honor of the be. Cougars. Is that what it sounds like? It kind of sounds like that. I, it's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> I like you can it. out-rebound both of them, so <laughs> I, you get I that like go that for it. I like that. Yeah. All right, let's do five questions, and we'll get you both out of here today. Yeah, so we, do, we always end with all of our guests. These five questions, we keep it, we keep it just to see who does what. So we're going to ask both of you the same questions, and then you don't have to think about it much. You just put the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. So your favorite sports movie? Um, Mine's probably Glory Road. Oh, that's no, nobody said Glory Road, yeah, I don't think. I love Glory Road. That's great. Glory Road. Lauren? Uh, mine's probably going to be just the... I, mean, I would say the blind side. It's not, I mean, oh. it's a good one. Hey, no, you, don't need to, you don't need to, that's you a classic. Do not apologize. Blind side is great. Do not apologize I, for that. I just, who was I just talking to? I was talking to somebody... And they were asking me about Blake Freeland, um, who's from BYU. Is gonna he's gone out to the NFL draft, and they were saying, "Why is he so valuable?" I said, "Well, because he, he plays left tackle. He plays the blind side." And they said, "Well, what's that?" Mm. And I explained it to him. That most quarterbacks are right-handed, and that's the side that they can't see. And, yeah. and I'm like, "Have you never seen the movie The Blind Side?" <laughs> they go, "No." I go, "You need to watch that." What? what and you uh, came up with Blind Side. <laughs> who was better in that in that movie, Sandra Bullock or Tim McGraw? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I love Sandra Bullock. She's a She's one of my favorite actors. So, she, I thought she nailed that she that was role. So she, was she was so good. good. I and, love Sandra. And McGraw Bullock. nailed the role of of being married to someone who is uh, 
very outspoken yeah. and yeah. controlling. Yeah. And, and, and Tim McGraw, by the way, he can do no wrong with my wife. He, we were just, we're watching this series Yellowstone, oh, yeah. and he plays like the great grandpa. Yeah, and it's like beard that comes all the way up to here, and she's like, "Oh, Tim McGraw." I'm like, Tim McGraw. He looks terrible right there. Yeah. He was uh, he was McGraw awesome. Never looks terrible. There. Did you go to Stadium of Fire last year? No, I didn't. Oh, McGraw was awesome. He was that so night. good. He was he was on. Okay, so on now point. we're going to this next question. So so we got Glory Road and Blindside. Favorite singer or band? Ooh, okay. Let's see. We started with Morgan, yeah. so let's start let's with Morgan. Yeah. Um, I have shoot. I feel like there's so many. It depends on the genre. Um, okay, this is like really weird but i really like eminem for some reason okay. that's what's so wrong with that there's no <laughs> reason to apologize for eminem up, I listen to him i'm just so gonna write much, him down so. marshall <laughs> mathers Lowe's like known as the country girl i don't know why i know but i, know. I don't know why everyone like, thinks i'm like some big country girl so they always up, yeah you know? <laughs> what was his what one of his big songs i heard on the radio so it was a cleaned up version was it the the, the one like, shot doom, or doom, doom, the doom, 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 doom. what is it you only got one shot one opportunity what's it called coach pope it's up. Coach Pope's Coach thing, Pope's yeah. One. Yikes. Palms are sweaty. Yeah, that's losers. Mom on sweater yeah. already. <laughs> All right, what do we got, Morgan? Okay, no one knows him. Teddy Swims is by far my best song. Wait, Teddy Swims? Yeah. What is he? What? Give me his best song. Teddy uh, Swims? Is that really dose. a person? Yeah, yeah, no, you guys, he's good. Dose? Dose. Like D O S E. D O S E. Because I'm going to look this up. Yeah, because Congregation, go look it up. Teddy Swims. So I gave everybody two weeks ago Jelly Roll. Yeah, and none of them heard of Jelly Roll. Have you heard of Jelly no, Roll? No, but we uh -huh. ordered a dozen. Uh -huh. Yeah, I've never. Go heard look that. up Jelly Roll. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of country rock, and I'm not even a country mm -hmm. guy. This guy's from upstate New York, where I grew up. Very soulful. His son of a sinner. So you go listen to Jelly Roll, son of a sinner, and I'm gonna uh -huh. ask you guys next time I see yeah. you okay. if you like it. Teddy's and pretty soul, soul, soulful. I'm, as well, I am gonna so look up Teddy Swims, Teddy and I'm gonna swims. listen. I'm gonna listen to Dose. So I'm a mixture of Keith Urban and ACDC. So I uh -huh. cover the gamut. Oh, okay. He's like he, he does. Yeah. He's country and hard rock. Too. I was I gonna got, say like Cody everything I don't. Oh yeah. Are you? Are you? What are you? What is your genres? I'm like more R and B. I'm not like a hard rap like trap music stuff. I grew up in New York, so I'm a hip hop guy playing basketball football and, yeah. and and you're you're not the country girl well i i definitely like my fair like i like country music for sure um i'm not even a big rap person i just like him because i just grew up listening to him a lot uh, uh my older brothers were always listening to him so it kind of brings back you know good memories sure yeah. but i would say more i'd probably lean more towards country music She's right more now of a country. But so I, like I was, I was, would you say keith urban is better than tim mcgraw um brad paisley yeah i really like brad paisley i went to his concert a couple years ago he's awesome um, he's friends yeah with him. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. what we were talking okay. about earlier. Dad, yeah. He's cool. Met his dad, so. That's cool. Hey, dad, his dad drives the tour bus wearing a BYU football shirt. I so love oh, really? This, yeah. this week I was in um, in Hawaii, so I really got into the Common Kings. Okay. Okay. Much, I like I island Common. Yeah, yeah. So, so like uh, um, Wade in Your Water and some mm -hmm. of those. And then I found out they're from SoCal. Mm -hmm. I was like, why did I think they're from the islands? I'm like, I need an island artist. And then I just I just diverted. And did I you go went, to Don Ho? No, I went to Jack Johnson. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Kalohi Kai is one. Oh, that's yeah, from. that's right. Kalohi Kai is But good. Jack Johnson, you know. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, favorite breakfast cereal? Oh, we're back over here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Morgan's turn. I think, like, those uh, oatmeal squares. <laughs> The oh brown my. sugar oh oatmeal gosh. squares. They're good. Oh, because so they do have sugar oh, on them. Yeah. Do they at least have a name? Yeah. No, they're do called they have oatmeal a name? squares. <laughs> <laughs> they're brown sugar. I don't know. I'm right, that I'm down. not really a brown sugar. I have to look up a bunch yeah. of stuff that Morgan's given us. Now. I have to look up these. <laughs> so we kind of make fun on the show of people that eat healthy cereal. Da Danny Ainge comes on and says, uh, 
um, shredded wheat. And David looked at him like, <laughs> like with the frosted on it. He goes, it. no, just shredded Stop wheat. This. And, and he goes, oh, I do put a lot of sugar on them. We're like, okay, that just <laughs> saved it. So, um, so low. What do you got? Honey bunches of oats. Honey bunches. Of I know a lot of people like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that one. Okay, can I change mine? Yeah, because <laughs> mine's lame. Um, Captain Crunch. I'll be bread. honest. Cap anything with but Captain you, Crunch beats but you oatmeal can't squares. Eat too much because it tears up your mouth. Yeah, it, it really does. Yeah. It'll, it'll take that roof yeah. right yeah. off. But Captain Crunch. Nice. He likes Captain Crunch. That's a good save. Do you like <laughs> the, do you like the Crunch berries <laughs> or, or just the regular Captain Crunch? Um, I like with the Crunch berries. Yeah, because I will eat all of the Captain Crunches and leave the Crunch berries for three. Big bites. So there you go. Okay. Favorite thing about your favorite thing, uh, Lo, about Morgan and Morgan, your favorite thing about Lo. All right. Okay. okay. Um, I think Morgan has a goofy side about her that <laughs> people don't really see <laughs> unless you spend more time with her. Um, I've got to know that over the last couple of months. So, you know, just getting to know her personality, I think it's, it's really unique. And I love how she can be. She, she's a little, she's a little bit of a weirdo, which I love. So <laughs> I'm really weird. <laughs> All right, now it's your turn. Your turn, Morgan. Okay, um, I have two things for Lo. Okay, Lo is really funny. Like <laughs> she's hilarious. Just little comments that she'll say. Can I tell a story really fast? Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh no. Okay, I wasn't even there, but I laughed my butt off. But we, they were getting in the. Um, uh, elevator last trip and there was this dude the door opens and this dude is in like cowboy boots and just like just standing outside and he's like can I get in is that what he said can I get in and then she just goes saddle up <laughs> no, you're saying, nah. I don't know why I said it it just came out I but then she invited weirdness in because yeah, that I, guess, did invite weirdness I guess he didn't turn around like he just stood and looked up yeah, he, really like, weird wait, he, got, he in. got in the elevator and faced the back while everybody else yeah was he just faced us directly just right eye to eye contact the whole time oh that's not hey, weird it's not that's his not fault weird. it's her fault she I know I did invite it that's awesome okay, but my other thing was that she's super humble like you guys yeah. everyone sees it just yeah. how she She's killing it. She's number one in the nation. Like, that's very rare to have on a team. And she's super humble, cares about her teammates. I love that. And so, yeah. I love that. Okay, and last one. Favorite advice from either your mom or your dad? And it's it's Morgan's turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Favorite Ooh. advice from mom or dad? Um, That's a hard question. I think... From my mom, I came from a single parent home where my dad wasn't involved mm -hmm. ever. And so my mom had to raise all three by herself. And so I think just working, like put your head down and work is what I've learned from her um, and never settle for what you have. Just keep keep trying for more. And it inspired me in my basketball career as well. So. Right. Put your head down and work mm -hmm. and, yeah. don't, and don't be satisfied. Yeah. Does she ever tell you to put your head down and work when you're out Can there? Morgan say that? Uh, she definitely motivates me to <laughs> work harder. <laughs> I, lo I love that. That's great. What about you? Fate, any advice from mm -hmm. your mom or your dad that you remember? Um, yeah, that's definitely a tough one. I feel like, I mean, they're definitely my, you know, biggest role model. So, uh, I mean, one thing, I mean, they've definitely taught me to, you know, try to outwork everybody at the end of the day, um, be the hardest working person in the room. But uh, one thing I've loved that they've always taught me is just how um, important it is, like family and just being loyal to family. And at the end of the day, um, your family's, you know, who you've really got. Uh, so I like that because I feel like that could, you know, me, my teammates, my coaches, everybody. Uh, so just trying to live a life where, you know, I'm, you know, making these relationships with people to be, you know, all part of like my family. Um, so I would say, that, you know, just being loyal to my real ones and then just, you know, working hard, being the hardest worker. Work and be loyal, man. That's words to live by. That that words are, those are words. By. And and I, and I love that you call your teammates and your coach's family because that's important. All right. So great stuff. Gordon guys. Eakin's going to join us here in just a second, and and he's got Violet Zavodnik on his team. <laughs> Is, has there ever been a time on campus when there have been more dynamic 
female athletes. You just pick the sport. You go look at track and field, and you got national champions. Soccer, you got big time. We're sending players into the into the pros. You're the number one rebounder in the in the country. Zavodnik's ranked number twenty eight player in the country overall at any position. I mean, this is a Top cool time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's amazing to see yeah. all these females. Yep. Hey, the, we're proud of you. The, the women's teams are. Are ready. Big 12 ready. For the Big 12. Let's be uh, San Diego ready on Saturday, yes. right? Let's yeah. get after now, that one. Now we talked about a lot of stuff. Now you can go focus on the Trevor. <laughs> now that you've been to the wise guys, yep. the rest of the week is. <laughs> yep. And, we'll, and we're going to send you off with, with good karma. Hey, yeah, that's so it's great to have hey, you here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you so, much. so much. Our well, podcast will be up tomorrow, and, and the clips of this we'll share with the world all week. And, and we look forward to following you Saturday. And of course, we'll be down announcing the tournament in Vegas. and. And uh, we'll, we'll finish this right out. Our last year in the WCC. Yeah. Exciting yeah. time. And the Big 12 is waiting. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Thank we're, you, we're, we're so glad to, that, that we could introduce you to everybody in the world and they could get to know you better. Yeah. So, thanks thanks so much. For yeah, thank you, for thank you, Coach. Also. Appreciate it, Lauren. We'll thank let you, you just take off. That's the nature thing. You throw your headset down, yeah, you grab is, your yeah. waters, <laughs> and get it's out. It's <laughs> when you come in studio with us at BYU TV, it's like, we got a commercial break, we got this, we got that. Nah, you just hang out with us. This is nice. I love it. You guys are awesome. Hey, thank you. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming over. Our next guest has won 765 games at BYU, the most of any coach on campus by a mile. His teams (laughs) have won 11 straight conference championships. He's coached 15 conference players of the year, was named coach of the year in 2009, 10, 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 2021. A member of the Utah Fast Pitch Hall of Fame, our pleasure to welcome BYU's head softball coach, Gordon Eakin, to the wise guys. Hey, we had we, sorry for making you wait for these two superstars to clear out, but we're sure glad to have you on the show tonight. No, I understand. It, they're, they're far more interesting than I am. <laughs> no. That might not be true, but it might be true. Let's just, just see how it goes. But, but when you talk about what Lauren's doing on the basketball floor, and we just asked her a moment ago, I don't know if you heard the end of it, and, and what Violet Zavodnik's doing on the softball field, and then you just go to all the other sports on campus, this is a unique time for female athletes at BYU, isn't it? It really is. I mean, female athletics in general has just – really taken off and the level of play has gotten better and better and better. But, but I have one question. How did you get my old Granite High School locker in the background? There we there? go, right there. Wait, is, is it the gray one right there? Which one is it? Or is it by No, it's, it's the older ones. It's the brownish ones. Okay, Listen, our, okay. our crew went on a mission to find these things. That's a, That looks like it's right out of yeah. Granite the High. Right out of that's my locker right there. <laughs> that's that's great. Well, hey, now my, I want to go see what's inside my, it. My father-in-law was an old granite high guy, um, and 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 they've got great roots up there in that Grant School District. So I appreciate that for sure. Hey, of your yeah. seven hundred and sixty-five career victories, which one's your favorite? Oh boy, I, um, there's a lot of them. I think if I had to pinpoint one over the others it's it's either the 2010 victory uh in the texas regional where we won that regional and went on to the super regional we we beat texas and then beat east carolina in the championship game that was those were big wins and then uh that a couple years ago against utah when we were up four to one in the seventh inning and they hit a grand slam to go up five to four. Oh yeah. And then we came up and hit back to back home runs in the bottom of the seventh to win it six to five. That was magic. That was awesome. 
Yeah, that was a that was big time. <laughs> I might vote for that one. Yeah. I love that one. I love that. That one. was that was uh, it was improbable and it was mad. It was improbable that the Utes got back in the game and then and then the way those two home runs played out, it just uh, I remember watching it on TV and you just you just smiling because you're like, I can't believe I watched this. It was exciting. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. I think I got enough heights on my jump with that second home run. I could have played basketball. Hey, and uh, your hamstrings held up, so you got that going for you too. It can, yeah, coach, you're starting your 21st season. That's just amazing to think back. It seems like it's flown by to me. I'm sure it has to you as well. Um, as BYU's head coach, one week from Thursday, February 9th, against North Carolina, but the games down in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Uh, first of all, well done for for, <laughs> yeah. for going down there. How did that all come together? Were you playing this tournament down there? And a follow-up question after you answer that, how can Dave and I come along and yeah. join that little road trip? Well, if you got your passports, you can come. <laughs> all right, I'm in. We do we have, have our passports. <laughs> well, there you go. Just We fly at 11, uh, 11 o'clock on Monday. Just be at the airport. Awesome. How, how did that whole thing come together? And, and, uh, and tell us a little bit about the trip down to Mexico and what that entails. Okay. So Dave King owns triple crown sports and he triple crown sports is a big player in the uh, high school travel ball arena, hosting a lot of tournaments around the country and national tournaments. And he also does the women's basketball NIT. And then he really got into softball and over the years, Uh, because I've been here a long time, I developed a relationship with Dave and Dave approached me and said, what do you think about coming to a tournament in Puerto Vallarta? And at first I thought, you know, I don't think so. You know, I think that's just kind of strange to me and I don't think so, but he, he really needed a college team that was willing to commit to kick this thing off. And I trusted him and I agreed to be his first college team ever to go down to Puerto Vallarta and play. And he really knows how to host a tournament. We went down there and it was just magical. It's we stay in the Sheraton resort right on the beach and you physically walk across the street to the ballpark. And it's, he brings all the top teams in the country in every year. This will be our fourth, third or fourth. I can't think of which trip to Puerto Vallarta, but we're a, a mainstay there, and we just love it. Well, you get some big-time opponents as well. You get three. I think it's uh, North Carolina, Wisconsin, and Maryland mm-hmm. down there in paradise. Um, and so you get three P5s right out of the gate. Yeah, and it'll be 84 degrees, so we might go through a little culture shock with what's <laughs> going on here right now. It's been awful here in, yeah. November, in December and, and January. Uh, we're just about – hours away from we're just hours away from february but how does the team get work in when there's so much snow here in provo well you know actually in the early part of january we actually got outside a couple of times because it was you know 40 degrees 45 degrees and sun and our field wasn't frozen so we got outside but we're fortunate at byu to have the indoor practice facility yeah which is, I mean, we scrimmaged, we had a blue and white game in there today. It's big enough for us to practice in. It's big enough for us to play a game in. Uh, it's got nice turf. You never get a bad hop on a ground ball. That's the one disadvantage is not seeing dirt, but we get in plenty of quality practice because of BYU's indoor practice facility. You know, last year, you guys finished 42 and 10, 13-2 in the conference. 
but you're left out of the NCAA tournament by virtue of LMU winning the regular season series. Has that, I'm going to call it a snub. Yeah. Has that snub, that's a good word for it, right? Yeah. yeah. Has that been a motivator in this offseason to get back to that NCAA tournament? Um, I would say yes and no. First of all, um, we just had a off weekend when we played LMU and um, you can't do that in a conference that only plays 15 games because you have an off weekend. And I mean, we didn't lose another game the whole year and tied for the conference championship, but, but because they beat us two out of three, they got the automatic bid. And the way we looked at it immediately on selection Sunday is that was our fault because we felt like if we blamed it on anybody other than ourselves, we wouldn't correct the problem. So we looked at two things. One, we can't have off weekends. And two, um, that we need to continue to build our strength of schedule. So at 42 and 10, there's no way they can leave us out of the tournament. I mean, we were right on the bubble and being in the WCC and starting so late when all the other conferences start, you know, in early March, it's hard to schedule at BYU. We won't have that problem in 2024 right? going into the big 12, but we chose to really take it upon ourselves and say, Hey, that was our fault. We didn't make it. And then we, we do have a chip on our shoulder. Um, not because the NCAA stubbed us, snubbed us, but because we messed it up and we're not going to do that again. I love that. You got to take, Hey, yeah. who does that these days, Gordon? Nobody takes responsibility. No, we blame everyone else. We blame everybody else. He just took responsibility, <laughs> and I love that. That's what it. makes you the the man. That's why you have so many wins and so many Coach of the Year. Seven sixty five comes took me when you twenty take... minutes to do your intro. It's it's yeah. crazy. Seven sixty five comes <laughs> when you own it, right? When you own it. So. And I know you hate uh, when we sit here and talk about all the things you've accomplished. So you're just gonna have to put up with some of that some of that tonight. But as if you look at the schedule, your team is one of the last at BYU to be competing as a member of the West Coast Conference by nature of how deep the the season goes into the early early summer. Right. Are you going to miss the WCC? Um, I really enjoy the relationship with the softball coaches in the WCC because they're quality people. I will not miss the softball. Um, I've been here... 22 years, as you've said, and I've always wanted, we've, we've tried to play the best in our non-conference schedule, but I've always wanted to be part of the best conferences competing every weekend, week in and week out against the best competition. And we just don't get that in the WCC. And that's not because of the coaches. It's because of the support from some of the WCC schools. They just don't support softball and they're trying to fill teams with, you know, eight scholarships when you can have 12. And so it's, I really think the, if the WCC looked at softball the way they do basketball, I would have different feelings leaving the conference than I do now, but I am so looking forward to joining the the big 12 and the competition that we're going to have to play every week. I can't wait for it to happen. You know, Gordon, we, uh, Dave and I have talked about it. We've talked about it on this show or women's sports across the board feel like they're P5 ready, and your program is one that, from our observation, looks like, hey, this is this is a program that's been P5 ready for a long time. Do you feel that way? Absolutely. I mean, we've played 
Um, like I say, we try to play the best teams that we can get. And the last two years, we've been fortunate. We got Baylor to come into Miller Park for a three-game series. Two years ago, we swept them. We got Iowa State to come in last year. We swept them. Um, and, and they are high-quality softball programs and what we're going to compete against. And so I think we're ready to compete in the Big 12. It won't be easy because certainly while Oklahoma's there, they're the premier softball team in the country by far. Right. And Texas played Oklahoma for the national championship last year. Yeah. So, and then Oklahoma State's ranked third this year. Baylor's been a World Series team. UCF went to the uh, Super Regional last year, final 16 teams. So the competition is, is very... Uh, daunting, but we're ready to play in it. We're ready to play in it right now. And we're not going to overlook the WCC season because we, we don't want to be left out of the tournament again, Yeah, but we're ready to go right now. We're visiting with BYU softball coach, Gordon Eakin on the wise guys live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. BYU got their first football schedule for the Big 12 earlier today. BYU TV football analyst David Nixon is going to join us in a few minutes. Now, you have already seen next year's Big 12 softball schedule. How does it look? It hasn't been released yet, so we won't pin you down on that, but what do you, what are you, what do you think? Well, it's tough. Um, <laughs> I know there's three uh, series in particular that are a little tougher based on the schedule. We have to play at Oklahoma. We have to play at Texas, which is last year's defending champion and runner-up. Yeah. And then we have to go clear across the country to UCF. So, um, but we're we're going to do whatever we have to do to be ready to. We're not going into the Big 12 to compete. We're going into the Big 12 to win it. And if we look at it any other way, then you fall way short. And so our our work ethic, our talk among our team, our um, everything that we do, we're going in to win the WCC, and then we're going in to win the Big 12. Gordon, the way the way you described the teams in the league, you know, pe- people have been asking us, well. Um, in football, how's the Big 12? And we say, well, the SEC is obviously the best conference in the country. And then probably the Big 10. But the Big 12 would be the next one, especially this last year. But when we talk about men's basketball, we go, oh, for 12 straight years, it's clearly the best basketball conference in the country. And it's not close. Where would you rank this conference in, in softball? The way you just described it, I would think it's one of the top two in the country. Yeah, I think it is. If you if you look top to bottom, it's probably the SEC in softball. If you look from one through, I think they have 14 teams in softball. But Oklahoma is a perennial national champion from the Big 12. Texas, you know, played for the, the national championship last year. Baylor's been in the College World Series in the last five years. Oklahoma State's been in the college world series the last three years UCF was a final 16. So I would, I would rival the top end of the big 12 with the sec top end of the sec, but then it, it dips a little bit as you go to the lower end of the big 12, but I think it's the second best softball conference in the country currently. And isn't it to your advantage then you don't have to, you've got to play perfect in the WCC. Uh, just like the basketball team or football team, uh, as you go into the, to the Big Twelve, 
you don't have to win all your games to get a good tournament seating. Right. Absolutely. You, I mean, we could, there are power five schools in the big 12 in the sec in the pac 12 that are playing 500 ball yeah. and they're getting in the tournament. So, and you a know, decent you don't, seed. You, yeah. You don't have to win 95% of your games like we do right now to get in. You, you just have to be, your strength of schedule is already built in. You just have to stay above 500, but that's not good enough for us. We're not right, talking right. about being a 500 team. We're talking about, we can play 56. We're talking about winning 56 games. And then if the ball bounces bad for us once or twice, we'll live with that. Hey, you've got a lot of returning talent uh, on this year's team, including Violet Savodnik, uh, who is making her case as the best player in program history. And that's saying something. Um, what do you expect from Violet this season? Um, Violet's had two great years, hitting over 400 both years. Last year, um, 19 home runs. I thought she should have been an All-American. But uh, she's playing. She was hurt in the fall, but she's healthy now. Had a really good January, playing well. And uh, we expect her to be one of our offensive leaders. But we're not a, a, a one-pony team. We've, we are tough from top to bottom in our lineup this year like we've never been before. In fact, I think we have 13 players that could be in the starting lineup of nine hitters, and we're having a tough time deciding which nine of those 13 to play. <laughs> good problem. I haven't That's had a that, good problem. I haven't had that great problem in my 22 years here. Really? This is the deepest team you've had? That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. It, um, so it is. Violet's it is. D1 softball ranks Violet the 28th best player in the country. Is that about right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's about the proper ranking right now. And, um, probably based on the league that we're in and what they get to see her do in the WCC versus the 27 players above her playing in P5 conferences. Uh, so I think that's about right, but she can compete with anybody in the country talent wise. You talk about how deep this team is. One of our, uh, um, our, Viewers, listeners, uh, Linda Murray, she's saying softball will be so much better in the Big 12. But then she says, um, with the better teams and the better scheduling and all of that, have you noticed already a recruiting benefit? And do you think in the long term your recruiting will be benefited where you'll be able to get higher level players and, and be even deeper than you are right now? Absolutely. The, the day it was announced that we were going to the Big 12, we got a recruiting bump right then because then the – the big time travel ball teams that I would have to work to talk to them before on the phone are now calling me starting that day that it was announced that we were going to the big 12. So we've already got that um, big jump going into the big 12. It's we've got some, this year's freshman class was off the charts. We got great transfers in the summertime and three transfers at the break. They're a big time, players and we expect that to just continue to be get better and better and better chloe temple's the left-handed pitcher was spectacular last year playing in the shadow of autumn moffett court uh finished second in the league with 140 strikeouts set the program record with 15 k's against saint mary's what do you need out of chloe this season well we need her to be a 20 plus game winner okay <laughs> um and she's capable of doing that um i mean autumn uh, was such a workhorse that I wouldn't say Chloe took a backseat to Autumn, but Autumn 
pitched more games than yeah. Chloe did this year. That will Chloe will be the. I mean, Chloe is definitely our ace, and we're going to need her to be everything she's capable of being for us to be the type of team that we think we are. You know, the season starts with 17 consecutive road games. That's the problem when you are in a northern cold weather uh, ven- uh, place, right? But um, you have games against North Carolina, Wisconsin, and Maryland and Mexico. The home opener is March 15th against Utah on BYU TV. How do you feel about the schedule as you go into it? Um, I I think our schedule is challenging. You know, in week two, we play two top 15 teams in Arizona State and Oregon State. And you know, we have UCLA coming here that's ranked second in the country right now. We have Stanford coming here that was a super regional team. We're, we have um, a strong and challenging schedule, but that's we've always tried to do that because if you're going to be the best or be capable to compete against the best, you got to play them. So I like our schedule. I sometimes even wished it was a little bit more difficult carrying that chip on our shoulder from uh, not having our RPI high enough last year. But um, when you go to tournaments, you don't always have a choice of who you get to play. They pick who you play. And then when we go into our conference that last month and a half, we're pretty limited on what we can do opponent wise. Couple more questions for BYU softball coach Gordon Eakin (laughs) uh, on the wise guys tonight. Now let's go back to 2000. Uh, You've got to convince your wife, Barbie, that leaving the auto business to take an assistant coaching job at BYU was the right thing to do. It was a leap of faith for sure. But looking back, how much have the two of you enjoyed this this ride? Um, it's it's been. I mean, I haven't worked a day in my life since. Um, had some stress issues with money early on when yeah. I was a young coach, but BYU has taken care of me pretty well over the years. And um, my wife Barbie, she's the real coach because when I come home, she tells me exactly what I should do. <laughs> but um, it's. I think. It's just been a dream life for both of us, not only because we love the sport, we love BYU, but we love these girls and our whole life revolves around it. And it's just been magical. Hey, we wanted to mention super fan Stephen K. Sampson, who who passed away earlier this month at 45 years of age, had a number of health challenges in his life, but it didn't keep him from being an honorary motivational coach for the Cougars. What impact did he have on you and the team? We kind of, he kind of adopted us back when he lived in Las Vegas and we were in the Mountain West and would go down and play in UNLV's tournament. And he was a member of the church. And so after he'd come up to me in his UNLV shirt and say, <laughs> can I talk to your girls? And when I first, he had uh, cerebral palsy. And so he'd come up on a walker and, yeah. um, I just didn't know what to think. And the first time I let him talk to the girls, it it was just, it was never about Steve and, and what Steve has to go through in his life. It was always about the, the players and about how good they are. And, and I mean, he just, to be around him and listen to him talk, you couldn't help but be grateful for all the many blessings that you had. And so for all those years, um, he just grounded you. He just let you know that you have so many things to be grateful and 
thankful for. And if he could do it, then maybe we needed to take time to smell the roses, not just look at all the, the bad things that went on. Yeah. It's good to have those influences around, isn't it? Because it's really easy, especially for our young athletes, to get swallowed up in. I have everything taken care of for me. Yeah, I mean, life in general, it's kind of easy to go on our own personal pity parties, and we just never really think about what other people go through. And I think we could all uh, – be reflective and and think of what we should be grateful for instead of always dwelling on what's going wrong. Yeah. Good advice. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right, coach, we have five quick questions for you and then we'll let you get on with your night. We sure appreciate you taking some time to, to be on with us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and ysguys.com. The podcast will be out tomorrow. So a lot of folks will get a chance to visit with you, hear from you and, and get ready for this softball season. We all wish it was warmer because then it would feel like we're getting closer yes. to softball. And hey. when, but when it is warm, that venue, if that's not the most scenic venue in all of college softball and all of college uh, baseball, I don't know what is. What a tremendous ballpark that, that BYU has for, for softball and, 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 and baseball. Is it the best in the country in terms of scenic, Gordon? Uh, probably, yeah. And it's it's a really nice facility as well. So we're pretty blessed and uh, we we are grateful for it and – we certainly look forward to both of you coming out to the games when we're at home. We'll be there. Heck yeah, I'm gonna even call some. Dave's gonna call some this year. I gotta come support my guy too, there and you support go. and support you guys for sure. So no, we love it. I love a, a beautiful day to be out there and, and watching high high level too. By the way, some of the best softball in all of the country. So so coach, we do this uh, this five questions with everybody. Just five quick questions. We throw them out. You don't even think about it. You just first thing that comes to your mind. This oh, how, that's dangerous. This is how we get. We, this is how we get to know people. So don't. I don't want you to be thoughtful about it. I just want you to just blurt it out. And just know that we will judge you for your answers. Yes, we but, will. But just. Well, I just want you to know if I answer wrong, my wife's sitting here with me, and if I give you an answer that's wrong, it's because she told me to Wait, say. Wait, where, where's Barbie? Bring her on, and All we can right. see her facial expressions when 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 uh, when you answer these. And and by the way, you said your wife tells you um, what to do. Join the club. Because um, yeah. Dave and I... You're not alone. And and we, and we you probably, like us, outkicked your coverage in a big, big way. We realized that somehow... Yeah. somehow. Absolutely. And you know what? When you, when you do it the right way, that's how you're married for 38 years. Exactly. Yeah. The kids just asked me the other day how, how we've been together nearly 40 years. And I said, Mom. Yes. This is a one-word answer, Mom. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's, yeah. That's the key. So... Well, we, we appreciate you guys. You've been a great, you and and your wife have been a phenomenal example for the players that have come through this program and a lot of others. So here we go. Thank you. Five questions for Coach. Favorite sports movie? Um, the Natural. Nice. Oh, that's Robert Redford, right? Yeah, great soundtrack. Yeah, and no, nobody said that one yet. So favorite singer or band? Oh, geez. Um, talk radio. <laughs> talk radio? What, who's... What kind of band is talk radio? I don't listen to music. I listen to talk radio. I guess if I had to got to pick uh, one, if I had to pick a, a singer, I like Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. There yeah. you go. Um, have you ever heard Garth's song? Um, Here's your mom. Yeah, that song. Oh man. I love that song. I'm glad you fixed that to Garth. Cause when we were talking and I, and, and you can read a whole lot more about coach Eakin, if you go to deseret.com and just search, uh, Gordon Eakin and the story will come up that we worked on, um, last summer. And, uh, 
you know, it was at a stake. It was at a dance. You had to go to a dance to meet your wife anyway. So there has to be a musical There's some background music in your background. So yeah, it wasn't, she likes country too. So we're on the same page. You didn't go to a dance and listen to talk radio. So, all right. So we got Garth yeah, there. See, my wife loves Tim McGraw, but I don't think it's because he's such a great singer. I think she thinks he's the handsomest man. In the world, so probably right. Um, so favorite breakfast cereal. Oh, um, Frosted Flakes. That's a great. Now, I had Frosted Flakes this morning. Now we're talking. Nice. Now we're talking. That's a good one. Favorite moment at Gail Miller Field? Beating Utah two years ago with those back-to-back home runs. Yes, yeah. that's ours too. That's, that's our awesome. favorite for you guys as well. Um, All right, this is a good one. Yeah. I, I, or, I, or let me, I don't want to take too much of your time, or... After the game, when my grandson gets to come or my grandkids get to come down on the field and run around, that's another favorite moment. Oh, Any, yeah. Anytime that happens is awesome. That's isn't great. It? So yeah. that's great. Okay. This one, I'm, we're real anxious to hear this. The favorite advice that you ever got from the late Larry H. Miller? Boy, there are so many of them, but I, if I put it into the context of being a head coach, uh, I worked for Larry and he taught me to surround myself with five key people at the time it was in the car business, surround myself with five key people and then give them autonomy to do their job. And so as a coach, I've always realized that I can't, I can't just dictate everything that happens. I have to hire the right people and trust them to bring their assets to the field. And that's what I've tried to do. Sound advice, yep. words to live by for sure. Ch- Chad Lewis always tells us, surround yourself with greatness. Right? Yeah. Yes. And Larry, yep. Larry Miller would agree with that. Coach, so. good luck. We'll see you when you get back from your 17-game road swing. Uh, but we're happy that it starts in warm Mexico for you here in just two weeks. That's uh, February. What is it? February 9th, I think, right? It's the first game. Yeah, February yep. 9th. Man, hey. that's just, that's just, uh, that's like nine days from now. There, hey, there's some great zip lines down in Puerto Vallarta <laughs> that Brendan and I have been on. So I highly recommend those if you're a thrill seeker. Hey, congratulations. All the, all the games will be live streamed on Flow Softball we, down there. That's an American. Oh, we were company. just going to ask that. Yeah. So we're, how do they find that? Is there a, is there a site that it's, they can? It's FLO softball and they can just, you know, Google that. And, and then it's a, a service you got to sign up for, but I think it's pretty affordable okay. and they do a lot of softball throughout the country. They'll do the art tournament in Palm Springs as well. So it's probably worth it. Flow okay. softball. So we just put that, we just posted it out there. Um, flow softball uh, for everybody to see. So we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll tune in and, 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 Invite all of our folks out there around the world to tune in and support our Cougar softball team. Hey, we salute you on 765. We wish you many more, uh, starting with North Carolina, and we'll see you at the ballpark uh, throughout the spring. Uh, proud of you. Proud of the way you represent uh, BYU and, and, and all you that, do, uh, that you do. And thank you for being with us tonight. Well, thank you for having me and the great job both of you do for BYU. Thanks, Gordon. Gordon Eakin, getting ready for... Another season is 21st as the head coach, BYU softball. 700. I mean, that no, I, every time I say it, I, it's astonishing. 765 wins is really something special. And, and when we asked him his favorite, he, right there, Utah yep. game and then, and then the one in the, in the tournament. Uh, yep. They got a great program going over so there. So good. So. Our next guest on this historic day for BYU sports as the Big 12 has announced the Cougars' first P5 schedule, let's bring in BYU TV football analyst and co-host of After Further Review 
and uh, and everything else we do over there. David Nixon. Nixon, thank you for joining the Wise Guys. You've had all day now to think about this Big 12 schedule. What are your initial thoughts? I absolutely love it. I mean, this is just, this is what we've been all the way for. This is like the the, the absolute top of, of everything we've been waiting for the schedule to come out. And I, I couldn't be more excited to uh, to see it be unveiled. And I actually talked to a couple of players on the team and, and they're, I think they're in the same boat as we are. I think a lot of these players are shocked because when someone committed and went on missions, they didn't know that this day would come. And here they are, that they're staying here and the schedule comes out. And they know this year they'd be facing all these big 12 opponents. And so I think the players, fans, coaches, uh, everybody's in the same boat where everybody's just ecstatic. And this is this is what you've been waiting for for, for over a decade. Think about it. Since the Mountain West Conference and since BYU Independent, you've been waiting for over a decade for this moment to arrive. Maybe more than decades. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying as an independent. I mean, you go back to to, to how long BYU's been trying to get a P5, the whole, the whole history of BYU, and finally it's here. Yeah, even in the WAC, we were fighting for respect, it seemed. Yep, yep. And Dave, let's, like, let's think about this. You were in the Mountain West. Your whole time, you weren't part of Independence, were you? I was not. Yeah, and 2008 but, was my last year, so but Mountain West. Yep. Yeah, and you had, but you had TCU in the league with you in the Mountain West, who was a national, nationally recognized and nationally ranked team. BYU at the time, you were nationally ranked. Utah was really, really good at the time, but but this league mm. is a whole different level <laughs> of competition. When I, I was looking at this schedule, my eyes went right down to November. I'm anxious to hear what your reaction was to the month of November, where BYU's had such difficulty scheduling big-time oh. games. Guys, we've been in that same boat together where we're covering Idaho States and <laughs> SUUs. I mean, we've we've had to endure those long Novembers, and now you're, you're slammed with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I mean, throwing Iowa State, West Virginia. I mean, it's just it's music to our ears. There's relevant games in November. Um, and, and for me, that's, that's the biggest thing is for a player – you know, you, during independence, it was so top heavy, right? I mean, BYU faced all the P5s usually at the beginning of the season. And at the end of the season, it was almost like the season was over with. But but now you've got a conference title you're going to be buying for for the entire season. And, and it gets the stakes, especially with this schedule, how it laid out, the stakes get higher even that month of November. That's I think that's when you're going to see if uh, BYU's in the hunt or not. And they're going to have to come up and, and play some of those big boys and, and show that they're worthy of, of being in the Big 12. I like the bye week where it sits October 7th as we look at the schedule here. And you get two weeks to prepare for TCU, the runner-ups to the college football playoff champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, two weeks, that's almost a little gift from the Big 12 to get ready to go down to Fort Worth, isn't it? Yeah, you know, that was actually, it's funny, Blaine said he went straight to November to see the games. My actually first thought was I went through week by week to see when BYU's bye week was. Uh, because I think I think that's been the biggest problem of BYU, is, especially during Independence as well, is that they don't get a bye week until super far and late in the season that that they they were so beat up that, that by then it didn't matter because they dropped some games because of injuries. I love where this bye week is after week five. Um, and to your point, before you go on the road to TCU, which is going to be a battle, no doubt. Um, in fact, you get an extra day because Cincinnati's on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, and so that helps as well. But uh, I, I I love that bye week. I think that's perfect uh, where it needs to be because you kind of get your feet wet with the Big 12, uh, and then you head on the road to the, uh, you know, technically not the defending Big 12 champs. That goes to Kansas State, but right. uh, the best team, I would say, in the Big 12, you go on the road to play them. So uh, much needed break right there before you head on the road. What, what, and I'm weird. So one of the other things that I looked at, Dave, was well, who do they not play? 
And so they don't play Baylor. They don't play Kansas State. They don't play Central Florida, and they don't play Houston. So they don't play two of the of the new three that they could play. They only play Cincinnati. It's the only new team they play. But Baylor's kind of become a natural rival. I was actually disappointed to not see Baylor on the schedule because I think BYU would fare well against Baylor next week, knowing who has who back. But and any thoughts on the teams they don't play? Were you disappointed that Baylor or K-State or Central Florida or Houston weren't on that schedule? You know, I would have loved to have seen Houston. I think they're kind of been down recently, and I think BYU matches up well with them too, obviously with the history that's been there. Um, I was bummed to see Baylor not on there, but frankly, I think it's kind of nice given – how they came and stole a lot of our recruits, uh, our <laughs> offensive linemen specifically, yeah. uh, our, our players. Um, and so part of me is like, maybe we should just let that simmer and just kind of let them be for a little bit. Uh, but uh, Houston, UCF, I mean, obviously, I think everyone would love to play those guys just because they're in the same boat as we are. This is their first year. There's a lot of unknowns for them. Uh, they're kind of going in there with deers, you know, deer like the, in the headlights with their eyes wide open. And, and so it'd be nice to play some of those guys where they're not so used to the Big 12 grind. Uh, but you pick off one of them uh, with Cincinnati. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the schedule played out obviously really well. I, I love the fact that BYU was able to play Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, that's that's exactly what you want. We, we talked uh, about that a lot during the season, you and I and Dave, when we were sitting in the green room and dreaming, and, and we were saying, we just want to see where they – could they possibly get Texas and Oklahoma? And this may be the only year they're both in the league. Right. And so they're going to get them both at Texas where they've played before and Oklahoma coming in in November. And you know, I, I'm reminded that Oklahoma finished six and seven last year. Um, but, but I tell people don't expect Oklahoma to be down more than last year. Uh, you know, you had the coach leave. He took 19 transfers with him. Brett Venables comes in. He's got, he's got Dylan Gabriel back at quarterback. I just can't see Oklahoma not being in the top three in that league again next year after a one-year hiatus. What, what's your thought on, on Oklahoma? I, I, I totally agree. I mean, you give Venables one year to go out and recruit and bring in his own transfers and his own players, uh, and I, I think they restock and reload. Uh, to your point, a lot of those guys left to go to USC, and it's tough to fill in those those boys that were left behind, including uh, you know all-American quarterback. Um, and so I, I'm with you. I think, I think they were kind of caught on their heels a little bit with, with whole, the whole transfer portal. But I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they come back and, and reload this year and, and are off to the races. I, a program like Oklahoma, one of the winningest programs in the, in, in the history of college football, is not going to stay down for too long. I, th- I think they'll find a way to, to rebound. And the fact that BYU gets that at home on senior night in, uh, November. in the winter, Amazing. altitude in the winter. Awesome. <laughs> Dave, Dave's got a conspiracy theory. He's like, you know what, Oklahoma? Going to the SEC? Great. You're going to go play at elevation in the snow on November 8th at BYU. Good luck. I, mean, I just wish they would have put Texas in there too in November. That, that would have been, been awesome. Have both come up to altitude and snow. That would have been that, too that much. That would have been the epic. <laughs> that would have been like, too much. I love that you're going to Austin just just because, and it'll be fun to reunite with uh, Steve Sarkeesian and 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 take on that. Um, and of course, before each game, we've got our two hour game day pregame shows on BYU TV, which are going to be a lot of fun, and then the live postgame shows that follow. But let's uh, let's take a moment and um, play the game everyone likes to play. A DJ will put the schedule back up. Let's count the wins. Oh, baby, here we go. All right, so... Are we going to go game by game and we all go win or lose? Let's go, let, let's go game by game where we go win or lose. You ready? You ready, Nick? Can, right, let's do this. can we just go win-win to start? Same. Hey, let me, let, me, let me make a note. So Sam Houston State... I grew up 45 minutes away from Sam Houston State, and that's in Huntsville, Texas. 
they're one of those teams where they get a lot of the cast offs, kids who couldn't qualify for D1 or had some issues going on. That's a team you can't sleep on. They're going to have athletes all over the field. Uh, they won the FCS just a couple of years ago. I mean, they're, they're going to be capable. I, does BYU win that? I think yes. But I think it's going to be a closer game than most people think. So we're going to go with a win go on three that win, one. Three wins. It's their first year at D1 in Conference USA, so they got a lot on their plate, Sam yep. Houston. Uh, but they come to Provo uh, and take on Slovis and the, the yeah. guys. So Elevation, they're going to be gasping. We're going to go win-win out of the gate, right? Yeah, Sam Southern Houston, Utah, Southern Utah. Utah. Okay, now the goal, before we move on, the goal is six, I th- I six say to seven, seven. I say which, seven, which gets you in the uh, – Cheese it ball for six million bucks. So, yeah, exactly. So that's what we're playing for you. All right, BYU at Arkansas on September 16th. Do they have their quarterback back? I think they do, and that scares me. So I'm going to say lose on the road at Arkansas. I'm going to go with a, an, a loss there. What do you yeah, got? I'll, I'll, I'll side with you guys on that one. I think that's going to be a tough road game. Uh, you know, SEC on the road, and and, and just keep in mind, first of September is going to be hot, muggy. That's yeah. a tough one. Okay, so September 23rd they go to Kansas. In the Big 12 opener, now these Jayhawks are better than they've been in a long, long time. They're going to see BYU as sweet. We we can get off to a one and zero start by winning at home. What about Kansas? Uh, hey, my, I feel like Kansas two wins two years ago. They, they're on a roll. They're at six and seven last year. They got their quarterback back, Jalen Daniels. I still think BYU beats them on the road in their Big 12 opener. I, I think so too. I think I think this Kansas team they had a, they had a hot streak beginning the year this year and then they kind of faltered off at the end. I I think BYU gets this one on the road. All right, so we're three and one going into the Big Twelve home opener, which is Friday night against Cincinnati. They got a brand new coach. I like I like BYU's chances in that. B- BYU doesn't lose at night. Haven't we established that, Nick? They don't lose at night. It's, um, it's, it's, it's facts at this point. Cincinnati's won nine or more games for five straight years. But new coach and a bunch of transfers that he's got to meld in into this thing. On the road at night in Provo, I think BYU starts off 4-1. and 4-1, yeah. sounds like, good. I like that call. Scott Satterfield, new head coach, I think I think it's going to take some time for him to get his team to gel. I like that win. I, I, I think BYU comes out the win on that one. All right, so the Cougars are 4-1 and one coming out of September. And I, I when I saw the schedule earlier today and I studied it and, and – it's kind of set up for a decent start for BYU. Yeah, and and because then you got to buy in October, so now you're now you're not even going to TCU till the second you, week of October. You go into October at two and one with two weeks or four and one with two weeks to prepare for TCU. I love the schedule. Yeah, two and zero oh in the Big Twelve. You're riding high. You got some confidence, right? You're ranked now. You probably ranked. ranked. Probably ranked. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then comes TCU. They're probably going to be ranked uh, if they haven't been beaten before. Then they'll be in the top seven. Yeah, they're, uh, most most of the things I've been reading the, the way too early are having have them either number one or number two. Some have Texas number one with what they've got coming back. They do lose Max Dugan. They do lose their top running back uh, Miller. He's gone. Their top and, and wide that quarterback receiver. was everything to right. Them. And, and when think about that, the Johnson the Johnson kid that didn't play at wide receiver in the in the bowl against Georgia in the championship game, he was lights out. So they lose their best running back, their best wide receiver. And this quarterback that's been phenomenal for four years. With all of that, I still think they have so much team speed on the road. That's yeah. a tough one for BYU. I'm going to put them as a loss. I, I would like to see the 06 BYU team show up in the game. <laughs> yes. Uh, but but I'm worried that the 08 team shows up <laughs> in that game. And Dave speaks uh, from experience. 
I was on both of those. At 08, the speed just overwhelmed us. 06, we were able to hang with them, but 08, they were just so fast. I, I, I fear that that might be the same case in this game. Yeah, I think there's a gulf. I mean, this is a team that, that handled Michigan. They got pounded by Georgia, but we kind of figured that was coming. Everybody but, did. But look what they did, and, that, and that's, that's the game everyone wants to be in. That's the game BYU longs to be right. in, and, and they got in last year, so they got to be I, – I, I'm, I'm going with a loss on yeah. that one. Yeah, so that, now we got them – A respectful we, loss. We've got them four and two. So then, then Texas Tech comes up to BYU – um, on October 21st, what, what's your thought? Does another Texas team, your home state, next? what do you think? I think BYU, I, Texas Tech, I feel like is the same talent level as BYU, honestly. I mean, Texas Tech is going to be a little bit stepped down from your UTs and your Texas A&Ms in the state of Texas. And so I think from a talent perspective, I think BYU can match up with Texas Tech. I think this is a toss-up, and the fact that it's at home, I think I give BYU the nod in this one. I agree. I'm, I'm with you. They won, they won their last four last season. Um, but I think you get them up in Provo and you grow the grass long and you slow that team down a little bit and um, and BYU can be way more aggressive defensively and knock the quarterback around a little bit. Yeah, I I think I think BYU goes to five and two on October twenty first. Okay, so the last game uh, of the month. By the way, uh, late October in Austin is awesome. Whether oh, it's just, it's just the best time I, of year to be that, in Texas. Are, let's just. No, right now that the three of us are going to lobby so hard that, <laughs> to take, that, uh, that the show goes there. on the road. Texas had worked with us in the past. The show goes on the road for game day to Texas for that game on October 20th. I'll, I'll use Air Miles. I'll just pay for my own way. <laughs> what, can you do? Can you Air Miles all of us? Yeah, all of us. I got Air Miles for all you guys. We're good. Okay, okay. we're recording this, so that's 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 done. <laughs> yep. All right, so we got the Longhorns on the 28th. Now, a lot of time has taken place since your brother-in-law went down there and, and ran all over them for the second straight season, uh, speaking of Taysom Hill. Uh, but I think the Longhorn fans certainly will remember it. The players won't care. They, they're pampered and elitist and, and, and the best. You know, there's, there's, there'll be more stars on the field than up in the sky that night uh, when Texas <laughs> comes out of the locker room. Uh, but, but how does this one shake down? I'm, I'm going to let Nick's go first. I tell you what, th this game's intriguing because now you're getting to the grind of the schedule, right? And, yeah. and this is where I'm, we all worry about BYU, and this is where the team up north here in the state has struggled when they first entered into the to the Pac-12. Is that depth, and can your depth hold up? And what what, what is what is your injury uh, situation like on the team? And so for me, there's a lot of question marks around this game. If BYU still has a healthy 22 starting 22 in this game, I think that's a fantastic shot. If if you're now dipping into second, third stringers. Texas, with that, all that talent, it'd be a tough game on the road. You know, and Texas has got to run through their gauntlet as well, so you don't know who's going to be standing right. it, it depends on for, the, for the Longhorns coming into that. Um, I'd like to call that a toss-up. The, the, the problem, problem is Texas has most of their two deep back, and I always look at, like, do you have quarterback back? They got both back. So they got, they got Quinn. I don't know if it's Ewers or is it Evers? Evers. I, yeah. Yeah, Evers, yeah, he's back. Arch Manning was the backup last year. Does he take the job away from him? So they've got two really talented quarterbacks. There'll be a lot of pressure on yeah. Sark. Most of their two deep back. Some folks are projecting them to win the Big 12 next year. If they don't, if they're not in the top two, there's going to be a ton of pressure on Sark. If they're healthy, then I, I'm putting this down as a Texas win, and I have BYU at five and three at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm going to go with that as well. Uh, although that. 
That could be we a swing have a game. thing. We have a thing with Texas. It could be a swing game. Yeah. We're, we're all up in their heads. It's like, you're not going to get in my head. No, we're already in your head, Texas. <laughs> hey, Nick, when does Taysom find out if the Saints run a bye week that week? Uh, that's a good question. Whenever their, whenever their schedule comes out, which I think comes out in the next couple of months for the NFL, too. So, yeah, we'll we need there. He's got to run that flag. If, the flag. There, yeah. if he runs the flag out, it's a BYU victory because <laughs> they will be paralyzed in fear at that point. If he, if he does run the flag out, we need him to do his leap as he runs out. I know. Right yeah, to that's, 15. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if he'll do that. We'll have to ask him. Well, mm-hmm. We're going to get him on this show. I sent him an email. We'll see if we can get him on the show in March sometime right. and talk about that. So now okay. we go into November, right? So we're into November. And we're we're going to assume we that we're we have, still together. We have them at five and three in November through, the, through, through October. That's pretty and five awesome. and three's got you just outside the top 25, depending on what's going on. Right, right. Uh, and then a road trip to West Virginia. Um, you know, I don't like that. It's a long ways away. Uh, West Virginia, I can see, I can see West Virginia getting some points but, in that one. But, but West Virginia hasn't had a winning record since Neil Brown became the head coach. This is this is if they don't have a winning record this year, I don't know that he keeps his job. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think I I mean the the big question mark I already talked about health, but coming off Texas, which is gonna be a really physical game, you wonder if you know if there's some attrition there. But uh, yeah, to, to your point, Blaine, I mean West Virginia last year was five and seven and three and six in conference, so uh, they haven't been stellar as of lately. Uh, man, this I personally I think this is where BYU gets their bowl eligible game. Yep. I think this is where they get their sixth win. I, I'm with you. Everybody's picking West Virginia last in the conference. Yeah. So I I I got BYU going to six and three on November fourth, and being bowl eligible. Thank goodness. Well, now things get a little tricky because Iowa State comes to town, and uh, if you're six and three and you're coming home for a home game, are you thinking BYU will be seven and three after ten games? Here's this one to me is the swing game. Like you said, the Texas one was. So Iowa State was four and eight last year. Um, Hunter Deckers is back at quarterback. They had flashes of brilliance. This is a team that before last year was perennial in the top twenty for the previous two or three years. I think that they're better than they were last year, better than the four and eight. But I think at home, it's a swing game. It could go either way. But I think BYU gets a home win and they go to seven and three. I like I like BYU at home. I like the optimism. Uh, Matt Campbell is a fantastic coach. I, you know, yes. Uh, I, I don't know if we're pressing our luck too much with the fact that we called a W against West Virginia the week before. Are we trying? Are we asking for too much with back-to-back wins? It feels like uh, we might be asking for a lot. We might be asking for too much. I because I'm a conservative guy. So look, I might mark that one down as a loss. So you're going to go six and four. Would I, you? Would you say BYU has a better chance to win on the road at West Virginia or at home against Iowa State? I would say on the and and remember Iowa State was four and eight last year too. Like they they did not have a tremendous season, um, but but everybody's got Iowa State back up in that top eight or nine in the league, where everybody still has West Virginia dead last. I'm just talking about the way too early. I've looked at three different folks that have covered the Big Twelve and the way too early projections. Next, they everybody's got West Virginia last. Uh, and, and listen, Matt Campbell, as I mentioned, great coach. Twenty in twenty twenty, they went nine and three yeah. and a win over Oregon Festival. So he's a great, he's a fantastic coach. I think he's going to be in the same boat as Venables at Oklahoma, where he's going to turn it around. Yeah. So, so you're I, I you're saying they win. you're saying they win at West Virginia, but they lose with Iowa State at home. So that's that's so, my take. So Nick's has them six and four. I'm going to still say they're going to squeak one out, and I say they're going to be seven and three. I've got them six and. 
four, but I think they lose at West Virginia and beat then Iowa State. they come State. home and beat Iowa State. Because okay. I don't see them losing back-to-back home games. No. And Oklahoma's next. And if we're on the pace that you've got us on at seven and three, we're now ranked 16th. And now there's talk of us making the championship game. Right. And, right. Because you got to beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But then I have them losing both of those games. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, you I, got the Sooners coming in. What if it's a blizzard? Does it matter? That changes everything. Yeah, it does. The fact that Oklahoma was six and seven last year is irrelevant to me at this point. Um, I think they're just so hard to defend and so good offensively. But you're right. The great equalizer could be November 18th, sideways snow and 21 degrees. Is what I'm hoping for, and, and then and then it then BYU has a chance. <laughs> then they're coming to Provo. They don't want to be here. They're leaving the league. If they haven't had a great season up to that point, yeah, yeah. then and they may not every, even care. Every, everything's different, right? Because you know they they got the Red River Showdown. They got some big games before yeah. that define them. Everything changes. If- Listen, if if this winter is any indicator of next winter. Those guys are hosts. It's going to be <laughs> ten feet of snow on the on the football field. So it's an automatic W. Now I. I, uh, that, that game's intriguing to me too. I, I love, listen, BYU in this history, talk about the history with Oklahoma. Um, you know, BYU's 2 0 against the Sooners. I, why not go 3 0 and, 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 uh, you know, ride high? I mean, I, I think BYU's got to find a way to split between Texas and Oklahoma. I, I actually think BYU comes out to win in that game. All right. So you got, so it's, it's, it's senior night, last game of the season. Defend LaBelle's house. It's got to be. You got to figure it's going to be in the ESPN late window. So, so Dave and I, although they're different, and you're even different too, um, Nix and I both have them at seven and four after the Oklahoma game. Yeah. Yep. Which, yeah. But that's I'd be, where I got. I'd be thrilled with that. So. Okay. So then, um, so it's Thanksgiving weekend, and now we go to Stillwater, and and the big question is if 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 BYU seven and four, we're in the mix. Right. Uh, and uh, did 12 teams go to the playoff, or is that the following year? That's the following year. Okay, so we're in the mix all of a sudden, yes. but, Oklahoma, but Oklahoma State's probably going to be in the mix too. But here's the thing about Oklahoma State. Huge transfer losses. Yeah. This year. Like, why? Nobody can understand it, and Gundy was complaining that people were tampering and all that, but but he lost uh, uh, um, Spencer Sanders, his starting quarterback. He lost their top running back and three of their top five wide receivers to the transfer portal in the offseason. Like what's going on in Oklahoma State? Well, like, it's it's a team that, if you recall, was in the top ten for the beginning of the season, and they ended up finishing with a four and five conference record. I mean, I mean they're still they're still good, yeah. But but they're not like they're not invincible. You lose your top running back, your top quarterback, and three of your top five receivers. That's a that's a big deal. So, and I haven't heard of a big transfer portal guy. It's it's not like they got Keaton Slovis coming to town or anything. Here's the thing: we finished last season. With all of our linebackers heading for surgery, uh, we started what we had eleven different guys out for the changes, bowl game. Everything changes based on health. Because remember, in nineteen ninety six, at the end of the year, I felt like BYU could play with anybody. But guess what? They started the same corners every single game that year. I think they may have started the entire same defense the entire year for thirteen games. Right? Did they play thirteen that year, fourteen, fourteen and one, fifteen games. Yeah, I I think they. They just didn't get anybody hurt. You have to have a little bit of luck. If BYU gets nobody hurt this whole season like they did in 96, it could be magical. They could win eight or nine games, right, and be competing. If they're devastated like they were the last two years down the stretch, then they could lose every game in November. And and they might, you know, the depth is going to get better and better and better. But for the first year, the depth may – it's got to be better than last year because it can't really be worse. Um, But – 
But it's not going to be, you know, the reality is it'll be our first year in the league, so we can't act, we can't have five year depth. So I, I've in got that thing. I've got them seven and five. Seven and five. That and, feels and, right. And going to the yeah. Cheez It Bowl, and guess what? I'm pumped about that. Yeah, seven and five, uh, and and you look at uh, you look at the wins that we're projecting, and those are some fun fun days, yep. and some losses against teams that are going to be favored, uh, ranked ahead of us, um, and um, you know at some point you got to take your licks as the new kid on the block, and so we got Texas beating BYU, we have Oklahoma State beating BYU, but those are road games for the Cougars. Um, TCU is a road game for the Cougars. I think on the road it's going to be tough. That's why I think they get beat by West Virginia, but come back and beat Iowa State. But yeah, but either either one. We we all have there. them with wins against Kansas and against Cincinnati and against Texas Tech. And then we differ on whether we think West Virginia or Iowa State. I've got them beating Iowa State. You guys have them. I beating West Virginia. Um, I've got them beating both of those teams. And you guys have them one or the other, but then you have them winning either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I have them losing both of those. I would not be surprised with the losses to Oklahoma State for BYU to go on the road if they're healthy and, and get an eighth win for, for me. So, But I'm also not going to be surprised if they're hurt down the stretch and they win six. I do think they get to six and get bowl eligible. It would be interesting uh, if um, if you're seven. Uh, what, are we, what would we be in league? Uh, we're playing nine league games, six and three, right? Are we saying six and three in league? Because we figured Arkansas is a loss. Oh wait, maybe, maybe uh, five and four. Five and four in league. Four, yeah. That sounds about right. Five and four in league, which would be we we've won our home games. If you're if you're almost five hundred in the league, you're going bowling to Kansas. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to say, well, if you look back at this last year, um, because all those other teams are going to beat on each other, right? And um, you know, it's. Iowa State could have four or five losses. You just could look. No one's going to run through there. Although TCU went nine and zero last year, but their quarterback's gone. They're not going nine and zero. They're going to be good, but they're not going nine and zero in the league. Right, I agree with you on that. Um, so, gosh, it's almost like uh, we we kind of figured once they signed Slovis that they'd be in the middle. Maybe this puts them like one spot above. Yeah, and, and remember, T- TCU was really good last year. Um, because they just outscored everybody. Yeah. When they finally played Georgia, who played some defense, that was a struggle. And and keep in mind, their quarterback, their running back, and their best wide receiver are all gone from that explosive team offensively. Now they got a lot of weapons. Don't get me wrong, but but du- Dugan's a special special player. So we're in agreement, seven and five. I'm saying seven and five. We'll take the it. question is. When, when does BYU get five home games versus only the four they got this probably year? Probably the next year. Yeah, probably the next year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next year. Flip-flop every year. I mean, this year they got the sword and the stick, but hopefully next year they, they get five, an extra home game. Next year they play two road games um, in a non-conference. Right. Wyoming and Utah, right? Right. So then five, that would give them a six-game home schedule. Which, yeah. So maybe they're banking on that. Maybe it's just going to always just flip-flop. Yep. Yep. So. Um, and uh, and then who knows who's and, – and then it'll simplify, obviously, with oh, two teams yeah, out. Yeah, when Texas and Oklahoma go out, it's a lot easier. It's exciting that we're having this conversation tonight. We've never been able to have one like this. I'm telling you, I alluded to it earlier in the show that um, I had a chance to talk to some current players, uh, defensive players in particular, and uh, they were stoked about – they were just pumped about the schedule. But it was fun to talk to them about this defensive staff as well. These guys are over the moon with this new defensive staff. They, I mean – this TV staff is very engaged. They're they're in there with them while they're working out. 
they're talking scheme. They're watching film with them. There's just a lot of interaction with this defensive staff, and it's it's fun to hear them converse back and forth. And the, the, the methodologies of we got to get more pressure, we got to find ways to disrupt the quarterback, break down the pocket. I mean, it's this is going to be a really fun defense to watch this year. And I, and I, I started thinking about it. I go, you know, th- this is kind of similar situation that we I had when when Bronco came in and kind of changed from the Ken Schmidt defense. And Bronco brought in a three-three-five, where he just wanted to blitz the quarterback and create disruption and chaos. And as a player, you love to play in those schemes because you want to get after the quarterback. That's the ultimate goal, right? Uh, and and I feel like that's what this defensive staff with Jay Hill leading the leading the charge is 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 what they're focused on. And the players are responding to it. I think they're juiced and amped and ready. Uh, it's going to be a really fun offseason, a great spring ball. And then you have now the schedule to to get you pumped as well. Man, what what a what a fun time to be a current player, and, and what a fun time to be a fan. Obviously, it's it's going to be, and and you know we had Jay Hill on the show, and, Kelly Papinga's next and, week. Yeah, and we got Kelly next week. I, I love the thing that I loved about having Jay on was he's like, yeah, we want to do, like, we want to get after people, but he realizes you don't get after Texas Tech, <laughs> right? Because if you bring ten against Texas Tech, they're going to throw for seven hundred yards on you, right? So. So their basic philosophy is nobody's going to run the ball on us and we're going to pressure like crazy. But we're also going to have some packages in there. When we play an air raid team, we're going to be smart enough to not do what Utah did, you know, that one year against USC where they're like, oh, we're going to blitz them and play man-to-man on their ridiculous wide receivers and USC's just going to throw it over the top of them all game long. So so I, I feel like he gets it. I just feel like he gets it and he's bringing an intensity that's going to be really, really good for this defense. This yeah, I mean, you, you, to your point, you, yeah, you can't blitz all game long. I, and I think the players are responding as well. They're going to know that it's all situational. Like right. you, you can't get after the quarterback every single play. Uh, but the fact that that they understand, I, mean, I think from what I took away from those conversations where the, the players and the coaching staff are on the same page. Yep. Um, and I think that, like I said, that I think the coaching staff has showed more interest, in, in I, which which naturally is going to happen when we have a new coaching staff, right? I mean, everybody's juiced and ready to, ready to jump in together. And uh, I, I think – that this couldn't be more better timing for the staff to come in than right now as you head as into you're going to the new league your first and, season. And yeah. it's interesting because we're in this kind of a thing here where today's a big rush because of the schedule. Tomorrow's signing day, yeah. and I have a feeling that there's going to be another momentum push here as, right. as BYU's getting guys that, that they weren't able to get before being in the Big 12. Right. And, and so then we've got that push. Um, and then uh, – uh, Andy Reid's getting ready for the Super Bowl, uh, so there's that thing. And then before we even get to that, we got Puka Nakua making noise at the Senior Bowl. Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland, they'll all be playing on Saturday. This is uh, for for the end of January, start of February. This is a football heavy time, yes, and is. all of it's pretty good news. It's all good stuff. <laughs> just need to spread the news out a little bit more. We need we need we need some of this in February, March, whenever we're just really coming <laughs> yeah. down. No, when we at, at least we have basketball through March. We really need this in April, May, and June. Yeah, true. that's true. Yeah, so well, that's, that's when stuff. the weather's nice. We're on vacation. That's we're true. We won't worry about it. Then, so. that can wait. Tomorrow, signing day, uh, coverage is at noon, Eastern 10 Mountain on BYU TV. Head coach Kalani Sataki and athletic director Tom Holmo will join uh, Spencer and Jerem, and they'll break it all down uh, and get a lot of comments on this schedule as well. Aiden Robbins had uh, wrist surgery uh, since we were last together. What's that? What does that mean for spring ball for the six three two hundred thirty pound running back? Probably no contact in spring ball. But here's the thing about Aiden Robbins: 
He needs reps to understand the timing and the offense and needs to understand his reads and all that. He can probably get that in with a cast on or something to protect it. He's been a play. He just rushed for over a thousand yards. He doesn't need to get hit by anybody to show that he can run. Yeah. Right. And so would it be nice to have him in some live action? Yeah, that would be nice. I think with a wrist injury, um, uh, you know, he, he can get enough reps mentally and where he can go out and run around and do some of those things that, that he'll have an understanding of the offense and then he'll be ready to go in the fall. Dex, who do you like in the Super Bowl, Eagles or Chiefs? Man, I, I, I mean, obviously I'm rooting for Andy Reid on this one. Um, I actually like the Chiefs. I, I just, although the Eagles, I feel like every week I'm like, surely they're going to show their true colors and they're going to fall flat on their face, but they haven't <laughs> this season. I mean, to their credit, they show up week in and week out. So I'm rooting for the Chiefs, uh, but uh, – you know, the Eagles, I, they're, they're a great squad. I think it's going to be a really – I mean, listen, both of them were the number one seeds in their, in their individual conferences. So this is this is how it should have played out. Yeah. Um, and it, it should be a fun one. Interesting. Like, it's – the Eagles are like a college team. They run a bunch of RPO stuff with their quarterback. Who does that in pro football? And he was hurt for a while because of it. Um, I just think the Chiefs are so good up front, especially with Jones and that group. Their front seven so good. I think you run too much RPO – Two is going to get knocked around, and that could be the difference. I, th- I think. I, I think. I think you give not two. I mean, Jalen. Jalen hurts. Jalen. Yeah, I think you give uh, Patrick Mahomes two weeks to get that high ankle sprain figured out too. I think. I think that he'll come out rocking too. So I. Yeah, and I like and the Kelsey. I like, I like Andy Reid too. I like, I like the coaching aspect of it. Yeah, Kelsey yeah. been banged up a little bit. He has a couple of weeks. Like you, I think you get some guys healthy on that Chiefs team, and and you know the Eagles have a chance to. My. It's interesting because my kids are all conflicted. They, they grew up big, huge Eagles fans because Andy was there, and then they kind of stuck with the Eagles after he left, but now they're all big Andy fans. And so I, th- I think some of them are going to be rooting for the Eagles, but I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. Yeah, we, yeah. Got, we got Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman's right. on the squad. Yeah, and, and isn't Zane still there? Is Zane still with the Chiefs? Zane's on the practice squad, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think mean, we, there's two Cougs and Andy Reid. And do you get I, a ring if you're on the practice squad? I don't know. That's a if great question. I would think you, you do. would. Do you get you? it? I would think you would. Like, does everybody? Listen, they give, like, everybody in the whole player personnel department rings. I would think the practice squad you gets would think, rings. Yeah, I, I, I the would equipment manager is getting rings, so the, the practice squad uh, guys should get a ring. Uh, yes, so, absolutely. So we got that going for us. Yeah. So, hey, the, the Eagles don't have any BYU ties anymore. No. So I, I no. say I say we're all in on Chiefs. Although Lewis still loves them and Vice still loves them. I know, but they're, they're not there anymore. All in on Chiefs. Their yeah. coach is at Kansas City. So all in on the Chiefs. Hey, we'll have you back during camp, uh, which is actually in March, which is in a few hours, we'll say, is next month. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate you jumping on with us and and breaking down this schedule. We think we think seven and five is uh, is doable for year one. Yep, that's the goal. Yeah, then you go to a bowl game and win the bowl game, go eight and five in your first season. That'd I like be, it. That'd be, and then you go nothing but up from there. That'd be great. Yeah. Before you know it, uh, after further review, we'll be right back with us and uh, oh. and all that stuff. So, hey, go to bed. Thank you for jumping on with us. Uh, always fun. Thanks, guys. See you, see you. That's our colleague from BYU TV, David Nixon, been with us forever. And we're going to have some really cool pregame shows yeah. in front of this giant so schedule. So fun. So fun. Okay, so there's a couple of things, and, and we've uh, we've gone over a little bit, but but that's okay because today's such a big day. But let's let's hit a couple of notes on the men's basketball situation because we're calling a game on Saturday. That's right. And um, and then and then there's some cool things on this day in history which I just kind of like. 
uh, and and then we'll then we'll get everybody out of here. Podcast again will be up tomorrow. Look for that one. But uh, men's hoops, they've got three straight losses going. Uh, heartbreaker to St. Mary's, losing at the buzzer. Dallin all had twenty three points, so that was an upside. He's got to make his free throws. But they got LMU coming in on Thursday, and the Lions beat them in L.A. The Lions also beat Gonzaga in Spokane. What do you think about Thursday night on CBS Sports Network? It's I mean, it's a little bit of a scary one because the Lions are playing with a lot of confidence. As you mentioned, they just beat Gonzaga in Spokane 68-67 on the 19th. Um, they're on a four-game win streak, so a, a tough, tough opponent. Um, they, they, they better figure out how to cover Cam Shelton. Yeah. He, he's he's been playing out of his mind. And Lele Pepe, uh, who should be playing uh, rush end for USC, is a <laughs> nightmare for BYU. For some reason, BYU struggles with his physicality and the way yeah. he gets after the glass and, and how confident he plays. Um, Shelton had 27 points. This is against the, the Zags. 11 of 23 from the field, 3 of 6 on threes, 9 boards. It's a 6-2 guard, right? He's averaging 19.2 points a game. The combination of him and Leia Pepe has been tough for BYU, but here's what I think. BYU figures out how to win at home on yeah. this one. I, I just I just feel like they figure it out. And then then uh, then they got Pacific on Saturday. You and I are calling that. I'll do game day for the for the LMU game and then Saturday at 7 p.m. Mountain on BYU TV. Thing with the with the Tigers is uh, BYU beat them by 20 on December 29th, but the Tigers just went into Santa Clara and beat the Broncos 95 to 89. Yeah, which is just you go, "What?" Yeah. And they're an interesting matchup. They start five guards. You know, so they're athletic, they're quick. Sometimes teams have uh, trouble matching up with them, but BYU needs to force the matchups in their favor like they did uh, at Pacific. Um, Boone has been been really good for them. He's coming off a 27-point game. He had 27 in that win at Santa Clara. 10 of 19 from the field, six threes mm. he made. He's their leading scorer. Um, and is, is it Abdolovich? Yeah, it's Abdolovich. Um, Luke Abdolovich, um, he had 23 points in that Santa Clara win. Um, eight of 13, five threes. So, so you know what? They shoot threes. Yeah. They start five guards. They shoot three threes, and they, they spread you out. He's got to defend the three. They got to rebound. And take care of the ball. Take care of the ball, and they'll be fine against Pacific. LMU's a little worrisome. I think they get two wins this week. They get their full roster back after the suspensions for Atiki and Robinson and, and Waterman. Uh, we'll see how they respond to that. Uh, BYU played just fine without them, uh, and now they've kind of got to earn their 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 opportunities back and this is a different place for BYU now in the WCC they're tied with San Francisco in sixth place now now that we're into February we start thinking of seedings for the conference tournament you got to be in the first four and and you know they still got to go to Moraga they still got to go to Spokane if they don't get it right they could play on opening night yeah that would be crazy on BYU TV I've never had them on opening no no and then and then they'd play the following night and then the following night before Sunday, and then the semifinals. So it is it is an impossible it's, it's, it's road. It's a long road if you play on opening night. Now, mind you, they're four and five, and San Francisco's four and five. But Pacific's four and four. Santa Clara's four and four. Yeah. LMU's six and three. Those are the teams in front. Then, so this is an important the, week. The Gonzaga and St. Mary's are in a race all on their own. The, the Zag, uh, St. Mary's is eight and zero, oh, by the way, and and nineteen and four. And Gonzaga's seven and one and eighteen and four. Nobody's catching those two for one and two. Oh. But but. BYU legitimately could catch – like, they could move up as high as third if they get on a roll. they got to start playing better. But, but they yeah. got to take care of the basketball and play better down the stretch. These are two very big swing games. Yep. LMU's ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, and Pacific, again, what they did with Santa Clara was a head-scratcher. Yeah, they, they, if, beat, they beat LMU. 
and they beat Pacific. They're going to go in front of Pacific in, in, in the win column. Uh, move up a couple of spots this week if they do that and be right on LMU's tail. So we look forward to seeing you Saturday night on BYU TV at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Men's volleyball 5-1. and one. They're at Ball State Thursday and Friday this week. Gymnastics beat Utah State in Logan. They are at Southern Utah on Friday. And how about track and field? Yeah, Casey Klinger ran the fastest 3,000-meter race in BYU history down at the Razorback Invitational in Arkansas. So maybe we do go win at Arkansas. I don't know. <laughs> Let's If we bring Casey. Um, guess who's mark he beat, though? His yeah. coach, Ed Eyestone, have held that mark for 38 years. He ran it in 743.96, the senior from American Fork, breaking his coach's 38 Do you think Eyestone's had him out running in the snow this week as oh, punishment? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, gonna, he's like, you don't take my record. So he did that, and then and then here comes the four by four hundred relay for the women. Yeah. So so Sammy Oblad and Annalise Hart, Marion Barber and uh, Briley Pontius, they set the school record for the fastest women's four by four, um, three thirty nine fifteen. Are you kidding me with that time? Mm. Um, so a, a, another great outing for the track and field team. This our the cross country teams for BYU, and the tracks teams are second to second to none. Really, they're they're top tier. They'll compete for championships in the Big 12 and and be right there in nationals again. This has been such a great show. This day in history, January 31st, some cool things, and we'll ride out with this and then our inspirational quote of the week. Uh, 1865, Congress passed the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which abolished slavery. That happened on this day in 1865. Also in 1865. Which is interesting, same day. Right, same day. Also on this day in 1865, General Robert E. Lee is named Commander-in-Chief of the Confederate Armies in the Civil War. So it's on. They, they abolish slavery and the fight the war's begins. On. Yep, the war is on. 1948, the first magnetic tape recorder is developed by Wireway. Where would we be Yeah, without the magnetic tape? Yep, so that, that led Especially to everything. Especially in our business. That led to everything, right? Yeah. So 1948 or 1949, the next year on this day, the first daytime soap opera debuts on NBC. It's called These Are My Children. I remember all my children. Yeah. But I don't remember was, These Are My was Children. Was All My Children the spoof off of These Are, are My, my children. children? I don't know what the And then it's is. like finally they give up and they go, 49? They're all my children. Did they have TVs in 49? Evidently. So. Evidently. Yeah, they didn't have color. Color TV didn't come till the 50s, but yeah. uh, they got that going on in NBC Chicago. 1971 on this day, Apollo 14 launches to the moon. Yeah, in 1975... Mandy by Barry Manilow goes gold. Isn't that one of the greatest songs oh, ever? Oh, Mandy. And I've you seen came him sing that live without taking a number of times, and he's it's just Bar- awesome. Barry Manilow, how many hits? So many. So good. So and good. commercials, you know. Yep. Oscar Mayer, all that, those theme songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, to all the patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese. Yep. 1988 on this night, Washington beat Denver 42 to 10 in the Super Bowl. I remember that. Um, 1993. So, no, let's see. Washington beat Denver. Wasn't Jason Buck on that team and Kurt Govea? Could have been. I think they were. Could on have that been. Washington Elway team. was the quarterback for the Broncos. Yep, I think they were. 1993 Super Bowl. A lot of Super Bowls played on January 31st. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Buffalo Bills 52-17. to I remember that. We were Cowboy fans, and they yep. just slaughtered the Bills. Yep. But, man, think of that Cowboy group. Aikman, Emmett Smith, oh, yeah. Michael Irvin. Dominating. And then 1999... The Broncos finally got theirs with John Elway as they beat the Falcons 34-19. to Yep. And then how about 2023 on this day? 2023 on this day, the Big 12 announces BYU's first P5. <laughs> <laughs> 
football conference schedule. That's an awesome ring to that. That's right. That's history. This day today. Birthdays on this day, Henry Desgrange, and I'm not saying it right, I'm sure, but he was the founder of the Tour de France. I don't even know. It's D-E-S-G-R-A-N-G-E. Is it Desgrange? It could have been. It could have been. My kids all know French, so. Um, But Tour de France, 1865. 1919, Jackie Robinson was born. 1931, Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks. Yep, Ernie Banks. A lot of baseball guys. 1947. If you're a baseball guy, January 31st is big. Nolan Ryan born, 1947. 1981, Justin Timberlake. I was at the Super Bowl when he did the halftime show, and let me tell you, it's so much better on TV. Those shows don't work in mm, football stadiums. Well, this last year, though, when we went California and it was Snoop and Dre and those guys, it didn't matter where you were. It was great. (laughs) I bet it was still better on TV because we could hear. I I would go to a Justin Timberlake concert concert tomorrow if there was one around. I'd go. He was bouncing all over the place. 1981, his birthday today. All right, our wise guys, inspirational quote of the week. It felt like like Vince Lombardi should be part of the show. Vince Lombardi type of a day? Yeah. So Okay, here we go. Winning is not a sometime thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. I liked the dramatic way you read that. Yeah. Uh, how true is that? Winning's a habit. Losing's a habit. Yeah, it is. And you, how many times do we go? Oh, this team just doesn't know how to win. They're just they're just in a habit of losing. They just they just don't know. And how many times do we say, you know what, this team they, this team just thinks they're going to win. So even when they're behind, they. I played on some teams where I was like, we, we won't ever lose a game. Just just expect to win. You just described the difference between BYU, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's. Yeah, right now, Gonzaga expects to win every night, and when they don't, it's an aberration. Yeah. When they lost to LMU, they're like, okay, let's just look what we did wrong because that's ridiculous. We'll never do that again. Right, and St. Mary's too. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to – I know the crowd's coming down on us. Um, we're going we're gonna to hit this shot over Foose. We're just going to Ta- make it. Talent and experience – Add up to success in basketball. Everybody has talent, but they don't have experience, but no. they better get it going. And this, you know what? Getting experience is painful. Yeah, that's hard. You, you can't just skip through and get the good things. No. Uh, thanks to Lauren Gustin, the nation's number one rebounder, assistant coach Morgan Bailey. They were in studio with us. How fun were I they? I thought that was great. Had, I loved having them in studio. You know, and it's nerve-wracking for, for a, a player to come in and sit here and and get grilled by us. Uh, we're not at the Marriott Center. We're not in the media room where they're even used to things. Right. I thought Lauren was spectacular. And you know what's hard? She's a great player. Like, she's just not good. She's the top rebounder in the country. It's hard to sit here and have people tell you how great you are. And, yeah, and but, we're going to do it. But she is. We we're not exaggerating. She is the best rebounder in the country, bar none. Assistant coach Morgan Bailey, who was great in her day. Uh, and her day wasn't too long ago. No, and how player of the year in the was, WCC. Was, you could see how she relates to the players, and she she is a good coach, and she's going to be a yeah. great coach. And she's went to the Sweet Sixteen. You know, yep. follow me. Yep. Softball head coach Gordon Eakin getting ready for another season. Uh, he's got a very talented roster. Seven sixty five. Is that the number? Seven hundred and sixty five yeah, wins. Career wins. North Carolina. They play uh, in nine days on February 9th uh, in Mexico. So we wish them. The best of luck. And then our friend uh, David Nixon, our BYU TV football analyst. Uh, and and t- t- together, our combined uh, minds came up with 7-5 seven and five seven for and BYU. 7-5 is what, is what we got. Assistant coach Kelly Papinga will be here next week. So will Mark Comer. He's the co-chair of the Royal Blue Collective. He is going to explain how BYU's NIL works and how promises made are promises paid, which is a big advantage for a school that's 
keeping their word with student athletes at a time where we hear so many other schools going, uh, I didn't promise you that kind of money. Do you want to know why there's so many kids in the transfer portal? Because people don't live up to their promises across the country. BYU is going to and does. So that'll be a fascinating conversation. Again, the podcast up tomorrow. Tell your friends. Go to Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YSKyscom. Subscribe, like us. Yep. Uh, get our weekly email that'll come to you. Give you the highlights of the show, and then, and then we'll just uh, we'll see you Saturday night at the Marriott Center. And those for you that hung with us all night, we appreciate you. Next week we'll get you out two minutes early. We will do two minutes early. Yeah, we guarantee so. it. We had a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, there was a lot on the schedule. For Blaine Fowler, I'm Dave McCann. We're the Wise Guys. Thank you for being with us. Have a great week, and we will see you next Tuesday, yep. Saturday, hey, actually, and then Tuesday. And I'll see you Thursday night. Don't Thursday, forget, Saturday, and Tuesday. Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday. We'll see you all those nights. All right. Take care. <laughs>